1: Da da doo doo.
2: what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of let's talk more movies a show where i try and talk about movies but I never really talk about anything and everything else normally sexual don't know why <laughs> my, i have your host michael better breslin better to my left is Shan Cole to my right colin Heron.
3: yep Shan,
2: what i have a bone to pick with you
3: uh-oh oh, have you fuck i've been in this house for like three years <laughs> you fucking kept this story <laughs> on the whole kept, time kept the fucking bone in the back pocket, what's the bone like... they pick
2: and last week's episode. Yes. I asked you the episode number. Oh
3: fuck. I th- I've been actually thinking about this for a while, I get it wrong.
2: You, you said episode fifty five is
3: episode fifty six. Oh
2: Honestly I didn't pick up on it until I was uploading the episode <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was typing enough. in fifty six. So I'm pretty sure you said fifty five at the yeah.
3: It's a good thing you brought this up because literally before we started there I wasn't sure if it was fifty eight or fifty seven. So this is fifty seven then?
2: Number fifty seven. I
3: right. will not make the same mistake at the end of this episode, I'm sorry, boss.
2: Just think of Heinz varieties.
3: Is that how many there is? Fifty-seven. Yeah. Fuck off! What are they? Really? Red thing, brown thing, mayonnaise. I know
2: it says on all their packaging. The Barbecue thing. Can we
3: check this out? Actually, fifty-seven I, varieties of fine sauce. I think so. Right.
2: I think that's what it says. Because the there's fucking ho- Hollandaise. There's there, fucking there's like red sauce, yeah. sauce. There's red sauce with curry sauce. Red sauce
4: with curry sauce. I know. There's bogging. curry, curry versed. <laughs> you know, an imitation of the old German sausage so sauce uh, <laughs> let's see oh,
3: you know what's pretty fucking bad wow is that I've apparently searched for this before and I can't remember
2: But <laughs> <laughs> it come up or no
3: I just it was highlighted you know like right. it's highlighted purple
2: <laughs> so I've obviously searched for this block once on and on this phone as well which you haven't had for very long <laughs> I turn off I've only had this for six months so <laughs> I have searched for this recently
3: <laughs> And I was completely baffled when you run up. I was like, are you fucking serious? There's 57, Heinz? Whenever I sat one night monkey monkeyed every single one of them. <laughs> so Why the fuck does that red thing say 57 on it? How long? <laughs> right, t- oh, here we are, right? It's not just sauces. It's like they-, they count like the baked beans and shit on there too.
2: I know. I, I assumed that. Uh,
3: cream of asparagus soup.
2: They probably have more than 57 at this stage. That's probably just like the original 57.
3: Cream of oyster soup sounds fucking delish.
2: I don't know, I've never had
4: oysters. Mock
3: turtle soup. Uh, but, have you uh, ever had kind of oysters? oysters?
4: Uh, I love oysters, but if, if, do you take them from the he, shell, he, he, or what do you do then? More of a a, a muscle man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you like? Don't know about that. No. A bit squidgy.
2: <laughs> but uh, no. Um, but what do you do with oysters other than just like shoot them from the shell? You like, just, can, can you make a biscuit they, of them? They have a a, a kind of
4: chewy slash comic consistency <laughs>
3: and ironically enough they are uh, notoriously a great aphrodisiac <laughs> no they're, they're like uh, he's like you're one I could I, actually I could be doing aphrodisiac more aphrodisiac yeah. yeah they are a huge aphrodisiac yeah. oysters it's like what they're probably most famous for so like three monsters because they're very coming <laughs> I don't know I, what the fuck is I,
2: like, I like this in my mouth I want more <laughs> I want the real thing T.S. <laughs> <T-t-t- laughs> <laughs> Oyst, oysters,
3: the, co- the come of the sea, fucking boys. <laughs> <was laughs> I want it legit.
2: <laughs> you, I want it legit. You ever, you ever see the sea cucumber thing? If you if you mess about with a sea cucumber, they they emit these white spores. A sea look, cucumber? Aye, uh, it's like an animal, but they're called a sea cucumber.
3: It's in the Jackass movie. Did you see the two hamsters scrapping over a cucumber? They already
2: no Little,
3: really really good one of them starts using it as a sword starts biting the head of the other one
2: i seen seen the hamster eating a, a, a small burrito you ever see it's that one sorry the hamster eating a small burrito no, it sounds adorable <laughs> yeah it's this guy he just makes tiny food for his hamster and he made a wee small burrito tiny 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 glass tequila as well eh? probably <laughs> I, the, we, we slice <laughs> we, <makes> a lemon and <laughs> one one grain of salt off as we paw uh, he
3: makes a wee tiny fucking kebab shop forever. after uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the hamster fucking stumbles on me <laughs> uh,
4: he's the one person using like fucking you know scientific enhancements to make things smaller <laughs> really fucking
3: small there is that thing as well. It's like a, a YouTube channel. It's uh, Tiny Cooking. Have you ever seen that? I think that's the the guy. That it must be. Know. It must be the guy. Uh, also, just back to Heinz. Have you ever heard that? That fucking sounds horrendous. Heinz sandwich spread. Oh yeah, they they do all different kinds of
2: sandwich breads. Better uh, like, real, a fucking. I, it's basically uh, It's uh, it's just sandwich filling. Like it's just a tub no. of no, mixed together. Or
3: Heinz sandwich spread is a blend of salad cream and relish popular in the Netherlands and Britain. What the no. fuck? Oh no! It just says it's classified as relish, and no, i fair enough, and it's not that interesting. Anyway. Anyway, films <laughs> or
4: movies, as it were. Danger bottle. Oh, danger
2: bottle, as it is.
3: Sure, is a spooky joint. Did you get it this week?
2: <laughs> 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 Phone just dying there. <laughs> Kill me. Danger bottle. is we buy a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> 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 er week, Cause we like alcohol. <laughs> you tell him like, he's been drinking all night <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tell him like, he's never been seen yeah. Dang to bed, Yes He <laughs> <laughs> fucking done not I think he's only been sleeping for probably two hours Are You serious? You wow. up all night wanking, just No. just? It, <laughs> it was a rough credit union meeting this morning That's all i <laughs> I asked him <laughs> I saw a ten degree bed last night. So I went to bed about one o'clock because I was doing fuck all. He's all went to bed about five. I was like, "Fuck no!" Do you have people back? I was on I just sat myself watching a legal movie and get blocked. <laughs> nice, I
2: he a fucking <laughs> I I think you're bought off by the fact that it said I was watching Magic Mike XXL, and then you never text him back for twelve hours. That that happen, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's
4: because I was working, not because I didn't want to come. Mm. I was, I was coming everywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was I was trying out the moves. I was yeah. dancing on top of my tumble drawer. Yeah. What? I, th- this is why I was obsolete Because I was watching Lego movie While also taking breaks To do magic mic moves Out in my kitchen Oh sweet <laughs>
3: <laughs> Matt you, Bomer you, You're not did you <laughs> Kevin did Nash you You're up not up I'm you, fucking
2: magic mic man Did you grease up and all Are you fucking Sliding about the place uh, I, I ripped open My <laughs> pajama top <laughs> <laughs> Magic Michael <laughs> <laughs> Magic Mickey I <laughs> actually actually did that Oh that's good. Uh, this that, uh, week that, that was That was my name When I did the magic act For the town competition. <laughs> School magic, Mickey. Uh, fuck magic. Fuck off! Mickey. <laughs> we, like, we like that, Dave. Blaney, primary school. Uh, we we <laughs> no, it was, this was, se- this <laughs> was secondary <laughs> school. Two years running, I did magic in the talent show. Fuck off! What oh, you want in a talent show? Two uh, years running, and sec- you did magic. Aye, second year and one. Mm. How the fuck have I not known about this? It was like second year. We didn't know. I'm <laughs> gonna
3: make this thong disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna make this cucumber disappear. <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> definitely should be our first phone. Magic McEXXS. I'm gonna make the principles dildo disappear. <laughs> 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 yeah, so Danger Bottle is a bottle of alcohol that
2: we buy that we've never tried before. Well we might have tried it before we're, we're 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 men of the world. Reveal it. Top drawer there, Shankon. Boom. I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. Oh. G- give it a
3: crack, Shan.
2: It's a pretty fancy sensitive. bottle almost.
3: This week's Danger Bottle is Gleva.
2: Is Gleva or Glava? There's a Y in there, so what's say Glava Because you play. What? Because you play, you don't play. Yeah, Mm. pretty much.
4: (laughs) Uh, That'll
2: be about a short hour, but I...
3: Gleva liqueur, 35% volume. (laughs) Fuck me, it's actually rocket fuel. What about Uh, the long and wide of it? Oh, no. Wow. It's a fucking scotch. I can't. It's drink not scotch. a scotch. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a, not a liqueur. Yeah, it's a liqueur, but it's. G- g- give me the bottle. The perfect harmony of honey, spices, tangerines, and blended scotch whiskey. Nice. So, you like honey? I right, like all no, those things. I don't here, really do like scotch you, whiskey. No, no,
4: no, no. Do, me do, me. do you like Irish
2: whiskey? Yeah. You don't like
4: scotch? don't like
3: scotch, no. Fox rum? I don't know. Well,
4: they are. If you want to be a wanker but.
2: it. No, the back of this bottle is possibly. My favorite Bacchus bottle ever. It it rivals the bottle got back. (laughs) (laughs) It rivals the the Fireball that said what happens next is up to you. (laughs) (laughs) But this it says the standard thing of best enjoyed neat chilled over ice. But then it just says Glava is simply very good. not excellent or the best we don't get just sell very good thing. <laughs> the shit will sell itself that's
3: uh, insane they obviously don't have fucking yeah. Don dripper on that one like you know what i mean wonder how yeah. yeah. much amber am working on manga paid. Okay. <laughs> it's simply very good <laughs> he was hung over as fuck and he's all
4: jesus I had a great time this is what i'm to write in the back hey do you know what
3: last night was very
4: good <laughs> the tasters went down well <laughs> is there other shot glasses about right there there's, ah there was one, one but there. it's probably not is it are we recycling chocolate? Yeah, de- like the, these
3: definitely have <laughs> been cleanly. It's
4: not clean qu- am Wait. I gonna get Mickey Aids off it? <laughs> you already have Mickey Aids. Uh oh. I don't remember that. He <laughs> doesn't <laughs> you know
3: want you
4: to do? So uh, that <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> I could get very elaborate very uh, easily.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell as well. You, you took a like big deep inhalation of breath as of, I'm going for one here. <laughs> uh, ah, fuck it. it's, only da- it's only danger, but i here all night. <laughs> Ooh,
2: it smells a bit rough.
3: It smells. I think
4: it's going to taste fucking awesome.
3: If you don't mind me asking, how know? much was it and where did you purchase?
2: I purchased uh, in Tesco and I think it was 12 pounds oh ah. fuck my own, Mickey. Some hey, something the credit union went bad anyway <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't <laughs> pay the loan back 7 pound I mean? over
3: uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll, <laughs> he sacked a tumble by this uh. <laughs> what does D.Y.A. mean no idea uh, D.Y.A.? a dyslexic
2: person's day
3: Hi, like, it's, like a dyslexic person same uh, for your information do
2: you, what do you want to,
4: okay
3: do you want? Do you want?
4: Uh, right. d- d- do you want? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, Glava Jounced?
3: smells fucking horrendous. It really doesn't. Even, here, and you're on this scotch whiskey, and even you're looking at that, it's like, i not, not too sure. It's not going to ask oh, for
2: corn. Oh, actually, there's a bit of extra information before we do this. Glava gets its... Is that what we're calling it? Glava? Glava. Okay. Glava gets its name from the Gaelic Gleemithach. Which means very good. That's why it ah, okay. is simply very good. Drink, don't don't hit it. Drink it slow. I don't.
3: So don't shoot this. Oh. It's, yeah. it's actually there's like
4: three or four kind of nice flavors. I right? drink it nice and slow. Oh you you're
3: right, drinker. Just nice, take a sip. I fuck it. I'm not pumping this. Definitely not. No, be but sick just,
4: ever. just just so it's actually quite nice. There's like three or four flavors I hit you, one in a row.
3: Do you know what actually is quite nice? You can definitely get that honey. It's very very tasty. Do you know that'd be perfect for him? if you had a sore throat or something? Aye. That'd be magic. That he love a wee bit. what we to magic.
4: You fucking drench
3: a ham on that there. Big, big that bastard. I love this. This is this is Heron's favorite thing. <laughs> like any danger? Well, you can fucking cook a serious dessert with. It. <laughs> you can drench a ham on nothing. It's right though. It is right, definitely. No, I, I like that way more than what I was expecting. Because that's the same against yeah. Scotch whiskey, but the, the honey and the tangerine and stuff definitely honest, comes through. Are you you voted against
2: the uh, Scotch whiskey, didn't uh, you? I
4: was on the very <laughs> like... Jesus, this could be a Pokemon. <laughs> I, I was alright just for a chill the fucker, chill. Maybe we should start I mean, doing I mean. that. Wow.
3: Maybe we should just stop abusing our bodies and actually just sub stuff sometimes instead of fucking shooting it. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? You, actually enjoy you, the drink we
2: have. Do you have do you have a problem?
3: I don't have any problem, boss. No. That's right, boss hug you gonna kick me off this podcast <laughs> the fuck else you're gonna get it's just over like you <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> he, he,
2: he seem to be questioning the, the the morals that brought this podcast together <laughs> I, I <love> it. <laughs> I,
4: I pretty much is what we're based on it? Yeah, it should be less talk more abuse in our bodies like. <laughs> we don't speak we just look at each other
2: and get pushed. Push that podcast see who dies first nah. What do we watch this week,
3: folks? Who wants to go first? Me! We. Go.
2: I haven't watched anything.
3: What?
2: <laughs> I watched The Nice Guy. Ah, Did,
3: Did you go to the cinema? Ah, I
4: can't do what you tell me. Uh, right, go
3: ahead. Dying to see it.
2: I think I am some kind of nice guy. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> That's a <mere> new scrub. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: the sequel to The Nice Guys. <laughs> the sequel's going to be called The Nicer
2: Guys, obviously. <laughs> But uh, yeah <laughs> nice guys just came out it's dire- written directed by Shane Black. well it's written by Shane Black and directed aye, as well I know but it, it's written by him and some other oh, guy right, is right, <laughs> his writing partner Some other like guy nobody cares guy. about it. Aye. Aye. some other boy can the same recoil <laughs> <corruptly laughs> weapon no? Pro- uh, He said it's his writing partner so aye, I well, so. they've done.
4: if it's the same guy they've Iberg or something or uh, something uh, so,
2: so, I don't know I on the phone but there's a guy there there's a couple of ads on there I think Continue on, they'll find that out. Yeah, written, directed by Shane Black, and anyway, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Crowbar. Crowbar. <laughs> yes, Crowbar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the the premise. It's set in the seventies, nineteen seventy-seven to be precise. Uh, Ra- Ryan films Ryan Gosling plays a private dick or private eye, whatever we went called. And uh Russell Crowe kinda plays Grubber! like a <laughs> like a hi- hired thug, like you
3: can pay him just to go beat people up. Also just to fall in, uh Shane Black's writing partner is Anthony Bagarazzi.
2: I told you there's a couple of Zeds
4: mm-hmm. on there.
3: And he's got a bag of tricks apparently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What else did he
4: write? Just out of curiosity.
3: Uh we'll check this right now. Because
4: he had, he had a couple of, he had a couple of partners on like, you know Well yeah, last action here with right, a couple of things. Anyway. Just but uh, uh,
3: no. Bagarazzi has also wrote Nothing. <laughs> oh it's Lutter's first film that he's wrote. That's uh it, 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 he's got true. he's got three he's got three uh Upcoming. Upcoming, he's got Jekyll upcoming, Doc Savage and Death Note. Doc Savage
4: is the new Shane Black film as well.
3: Ah, there you go right, right. But that's mental oh, I mean
4: Predator next. But Doc Savage is a film he's been doing for a long time and it's gonna be It's gonna be the rock in there. I think it is Eh. Hey. Uh, uh, it's like an old pulp novel and stuff. Uh, in yeah. fairness,
3: if you look Anthony Bagarazzi, uh all or not, the only thing he's done is he was an executive producer on The Nice Guys and he was in the camera department for Big Bad John in nineteen ninety. Big Bad John. <laughs> Big Bad John. <laughs> but actually you know, he was an electrician, uh Big Bad John, which has a, a solid six out of ten on imdb tell us, just quickly tell us a bit about big bad john right, right big bad john <laughs> right well essentially big just bad john gigs. uh 1990 <laughs> <laughs> with 30 seconds big bad john 1990 pg 13 92 minutes action drama and western so it's a triple threat Fuck me. uh six out of ten from 95 votes <laughs> <laughs> 95 <laughs> 95, less 95, than 100. 95 i know uh, no, it's
2: not even a percentage that's probably the f- Fucking sound department,
4: just oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just bagarazzi and fucking stacks of mean, different profiles. <laughs> just done that in the
3: premiere Night Day going fucking sort of side here it's honestly. Here. So, big by, by John, Jimmy Dean's popular 1950 song is translated, on a feature-length movie about a young couple who elopes to escape the girl's evil stepfather. Right. <laughs> Jimmy Dean, we're not talking
4: about James, anyway. Do I don't, I don't know, know
3: who the fuck he must mean. He was some musician. Well,
2: James Dean wasn't alive.
3: Yeah, well, the, okay. the only person I can see in here is fucking... <laughs> Ned Biddy's on it. You Ever? know, Ned Biddy from... Ned <laughs> Biddy. wasn't alive. <laughs> Ned Biddy's on it. So, uh when called call the guy? He gets he, ripped into Deliverance, and he's the fucking who's crazy... James <laughs> who's James
4: Dean? Who's James Dean? He was uh, running the corner from the west of Eden Monday, and... Uh, <laughs> nah, I feel it. <laughs> he's the rebel? He's a rebel. Without a cause? He doesn't have no cause. Is it a cause or a clue? Cause we both at when I am stupid fucking phrases people thought was funny.
3: Yeah, That's and fun. do you think as well that uh, we should all watch maybe Big Bad John before next week if we can find it anywhere? I guarantee I'd, you can I'd even get it online. I don't think you can get it. No, I doubt <laughs> it. If only 95 people have voted for it, I think it's going to be pretty yeah, so fucking it, tough to get. Try and it. Let's see what people's uh, views are on it. I,
2: I do think we should review it though on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs>
4: what do you rap No, we can't review
3: it without saying it. That's not fair. Do you think we should give it <laughs> 10? No, we'll,
4: try, we'll try and get a copy
3: Well, you know what? Out of 95 votes, <laughs> what, Six out of ten, front, you know what I mean? There's, there's fucking far worse now DB. Couldn't be that bad, like, we'll give right. it a go sometime. Anyway, yeah.
2: the nice guys! <laughs> <laughs> I Brian Gosson's a private eye, and Russell Crowe is a hired goon. Crowbar! Crowbar! And, uh, bas- basically the, the plot of it is this porn star called Misty Mountain dies... And then Ryan Goslin is hired by her aunt, I think, because she says she's seen her two days after she supposedly died in her house. So she hires Ryan Goslin to investigate where she is. Mm-hmm. And this leads him on to this girl, Amelia, who he thinks that's who she actually saw. And then Amelia hires Russell Crowe to beat up Ryan Goslin because he's because he's a weirdo that she doesn't know that's been asking questions about her Yes. so that's how crow and Gosling come oh, together wow. and then it's it just continues on from there really <laughs> I don't I don't want really say too much more about what, like what the actual whole story is the story gets very kind of convoluted like there's a lot of kind of steps it but it have a lot it, of
4: butts a lot of what have you just
2: yeah pretty much and but you know it's it's a shame black film and U- ultimately, it's not really about the story. It's about the the chemistry between Gosling and Crow. But Crowball. even even two birds just got there. ah. True enough, two
3: birds. Gosling and Crow. The Gosling's a bird. Oh no, ah, there you it's go. A
2: baby
4: goose.
3: Baby goose. Mm-hmm. What was going to say? Did I heard you? they
4: were they were going to start remaking the TV, the popular British TV series Birds of Feather, <laughs>
3: <laughs> or the classic Hitchcock, The Birds. No. <laughs>
4: And just just Goslin and Russell Crowe, yeah. flying they're, they're, the attacking people. They're playing the birds. Like.
2: Flapping about. and Just attacking people, uh, just murdering apparently people. Apparently both projects fail over creative differences. <laughs> but but heard. but Crowe and Gosling are still heavily
3: <laughs> invested.
4: Crowbar and Gosling. Crowbar and uh, Gosling are still uh, in cahoots, as it were.
3: One <laughs> <laughs> well, I think was Guy City uh, because I've heard that it's got fucking... Really good reviews, and everybody's seen it. Before oh, you have to see it, and, you know, kiss-kiss-bang-bang, and bang. it's that sort of humor. It's so sort of typical, shame-black tropes. You're saying it gets very convoluted. I'm assuming that's done in a known way. They kind of sort of homage stuff, like the big sleeping stuff like again, or is it just kind of poorly structured?
2: No, 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 like it, Like, you, you're kind of with it the whole way, but it just, it does, it. as I said, there's a lot of steps. It's like, oh, so this is happening now, this is happening now, this is happening. It's just, there's a lot of stuff
3: it, yeah, because I mean, like, uh, if, if,
2: but it like ultimately it doesn't really matter. I mean, like, I think it it does it in a way that you do understand always what's going on. It's just there's by the end of it, you're kind of, like you might be all like, oh, so how did this actually start off? Like, it's it goes a very roundabout way to get the words
3: going, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, but it's it's not really criticism. Criticism, like, it's just
4: the best crime thing. You you know, it doesn't take you know typical you know a typical ride it sort of exactly. takes you off and the, the smallest things lead you to the weirdest things which perhaps lead you to a point in the case you know?
3: like some of the stuff in say like the bike sleeper Maltese and it's super convoluted but you can still follow it and I like that because it's not really signposting or kind of feeding the narrative you're you trying pay to pay attention yeah you're constantly trying to work it out for yourself and there's actually a kind of fits on I don't know if it's a sort of a crowbar point but crowbar uh, crowbar crowbar uh, Brian McGillway obviously a crime writer that we all know been quite successful he said that, I had an interview a few months, years ago, and he said that the reason that he was kind of more on the crime is that he doesn't think that there's any other sort of genre where you can have a lead character that has access to, like, the lowest person in the city, say, like, a bum on the street and, like, high society, and he can literally speak, they both lose people, and get an insight into their world as a PA within the space of a couple hours. So he kind of get to see, like, a full... Vision or of of society, really, you know, from the top to the bottom. I think that's really interesting, like, you know what I mean? Mm. That you can kind of get that view, whereas, like, say, your main character was a doctor or a fucking accountant or something. He doesn't really have that mm. access to, you know, like, the low lives and the high life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. But uh, what else that's you got to awesome. say about the nice guys, or do you want to, you don't want to spoil it?
2: <laughs> no, there's, there's not really much to spoil I mean, uh, like, if you've, if you've seen a trailer for it, you kind of get a pretty good idea mm-hmm. of, like how how the whole thing goes. Uh, see, I don't know.
4: It, it's Shane Black's like a fucking. Uh, he's a he's about a head gem jam in Hollywood. I think. I mean, I think so. You know, I mean, his biggest film ever was Iron Man three. Mm, yeah. But he'd been he'd been writing and he'd been like, what do you say, consulting writing and script. Uh, what do you call it? Ghost script trainer. doctoring? Yeah. And you know, like the way Carrie Fisher does and stuff on a lot of films, and you know, he script doctored on the first on the first Iron Man and on the second I? aye and this kind of stuff and there's a lot of money in Script Doctor and there's a lot of money in that, uh, that old racket but,
3: uh, <laughs> not, yeah, but there's always fucking more comedy especially if you're somebody aye, with yeah. a reputation of Shane Blackley exactly and Carrie Fisher does that as well Carrie, lot, Fisher yeah.
4: that. Carrie Fisher did that Fisher in stacks of things like that, that yeah, was pretty much how she that's pretty much how
3: she filled the 90s You yeah. know, what I mean? I'm, almost, I'm almost sure as well now it's been years since I've seen it but is there not like a whole joke about that in Dogma she plays a nun on Dogma, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. I think there's... I'm probably wrong, but there's definitely some sort of joke. Maybe it was in the Special Features or something like that that I watched years ago, but there's definitely something about her script acting because that's how I first found out about Because mm-hmm. when I first watched Dogma, it was like 2000, and I was yeah. like, what, fucking you know, 13, 14 or whatever, mm. and I had no clue what that was. But anyway, continue. Mm.
4: No, it's just, I was reading a couple of interviews because I'm, I'm, I'm Dynasty, and these guys just haven't had the opportunity yet. It's Infernal or... You know, it's Infernal or week, I think, so yeah, I'm probably. definitely going to catch it. But... Uh, I think I've seen, I think I've seen all of Shane Black's films. <laughs> I think he's brilliant. Like,
3: <coughs> sorry,
4: oh, I went down the wrong pipe. Sorry, got <laughs> right. it. Uh. But uh, I mean, like, he invented lethal weapon. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he Invented those characters. and He invented the banter and the style of that and all. And like, it was the fun of his interview. Like, it tells you all these things that you didn't really know. I mean, he wanted, he actually wanted Briggs to die at the end of it.
2: Aye. Aye. Uh, apparently, in he he did a script for the second one, and he had Riggs die in the air, and they took it out as well.
4: Aye, well, see, because he didn't actually he didn't end up writing the screenplay for the second one. He wrote Aye. like a a version of it and a treatment in this kind. There's all this stuff about. Cause I actually read the the original script of Lethal Weapon because you know I'm a big Lethal Weapon fan, but like I think the introduction to Riggs is uh, these three guys getting pissed under a fucking. Uh, Flavor. over <laughs> <laughs> No but on, under like a pier In Los Angeles And because Riggs lives You know On the beach and stuff like this here He comes up on whatever And it's the first time you see uh, they're, they're like, they're, like Fuck him this dog and all And like they're like Putting fags on it And like throwing bottles no, at it That's and not anymore. And then uh, Riggs comes over and all Kick his and, ass Riggs and, and that was the introduction to Riggs That he saves this dog And then that, that becomes the dog from the rest of the film and stuff. It's a literal
3: yeah. pet the dog moment. Not they fucking it quote is. TV troops but uh, that that's all. That's like one of the biggest tropes that there is in film: a pet the dog. What's pet the dog? Basically, if like if you got a character and you're trying to introduce them and you're trying to ingratiate them to an audience, get them they do something nice for someone. You know, it's such a basic thing, but the whole thing is that on TV trust what they used to do in like 1940s and 50s TV is that they used to get like even someone who kind of comes off as a rebel or not, they, like, they used to get them to pet a dog because everybody loves dogs and it, it, it shows up in a human in them instead of hating
4: them they would try and understand them aye you know, but exactly like there's lots of these things I mean Lethal, I absolutely fucking love Letho, I mean, Like you know and uh like, there's lots of things he wrote on it and all that it he, he said it was quite hard he said it's, it's very weird because he said a lot of the things that he gets credit for aren't necessarily the things that he's wanted to do, you know, yeah. and then like the last boy scout, I th- he says that was probably the closer they what the kind of style he wanted to write, you know, uh, you should be Bruce Wallace. Yep. And then Wednesday not there, but um,
2: he, I, I heard an interview with him recently though, because Empire did a a podcast with him for, yeah, the, night, right for the nice guys. And he said he, he he likes the first half of that movie, but he's not really into the second half.
4: I think he says it got a bit too big and a bit too mad. And the whole th- I I think it was he says the whole thing about the horse and the football and all that. He says that was just too stupid. You know because it like, saves I think at the end Damon Is Damon wins on the Damon wins. I he's yeah. on a horse and then uh, because he he had- is
2: now in Lethal Weapon the TV show and that's a son isn't it. No, it's David Wayne Senior. We've been. already had this fucking conversation. Have we? Aye, you assumed it was the son, but it's Senior, not Junior. Shows I blocked. I was the he's, last he's one. Then. Jesus. Jesus. going to be leaping, but uh, just, just, uh, did, just the sorry, just the other you again. But how, how fucking mental is it that Damon Wayans Junior. is the absolute identical fucking spit
3: of his dad? Yeah, sure. Look at fucking. But literally, have you seen Straight Outta Compton? Have you seen Ice Cube's son? Oh no, it's lottery ice cube. Like, but I mean, how how does phenomenal. that? I mean, like ov- obviously,
2: like kids look like their man and dad and stuff. But Damon Wayans Jr. is like I I thought it was his dad just on a really good day. One day <laughs> you know? Like when I first seen him, I was like, oh, that's that guy from fucking my wife and kids. It's like how does he still look so great? But
3: like it's like. It's insane how like he just looks the exact same, isn't? The way you said that, there, out right? you're all that's your man from fucking my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> I say, hmm, like, don't say that one. That was on trouble at fucking three o'clock in the evening. Continue on about the shame like that. No, it
4: uh, won't be long. But uh,
3: no, just just about. That was me, brother. I uh,
4: yeah. I think he's um he's definitely more interested in uh, private detective stuff. Yeah, than he is. I mean, I mean the fucking I mean, was we were, were talking about last week about about the, the treatment for Elite Weapon 5 that just sounds fucking awesome yep. it really does you know and do you know what just generally I just have a bit of you know real soft Shane Black I think he's brilliant and I think it's it's usually self-referential stuff I remember when Russell Crowe said the nice guys was coming out he says it's like kiss kiss bang bang and it's like uh, last boy scout except without all that without all that self-referential shit. That's what Russell yeah.
3: Crowe said. I don't like that, though. The crew actually, said, Crowbat! Crowbat! Did he actually say it? Crowbar! Crowbar! actually said it? I don't know. Are we about to do some I fucking... Are we about to do some Crowbar hitting for once? Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't like it. Like, I'm I, I, I going to head you to so us. I didn't do that. Ah, Crowbar said that there. Crowbar. That's a little fucking bohozik. I mean, I think that's actually one of the strengths of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. See, but I don't know if... Uh, I mean, I know why a lot of people, especially critics, point no, pointed as The Kitschis Bang
4: Bang doesn't actually have it. I mean, people think it does, but it actually it constantly
3: refers to Johnny Gossamer, which... Towards the end, it well, does, Well,
2: though. no, but when when like, when like they
3: first mention... I, I can't even actually like remember. The, but the but whole Abe Lincoln thing at the end, though that's really self I mean, like, that is breaking the fourth wall completely. Like, you no, know, but that's but taking no, a positive itself. It's, it's not... Aye, but I mean, no, it's but still self No, no,
4: but like, 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 like Bruce Willis, like, for example, there's Lines in Last Boy, Skirt Race is... Uh, he says, just point the gun out and shoot the bad guy. You know, he's like mm-hmm. referring to like obvious tropes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I thought that it was a wee bit more sophisticated. I know, but. And I think in, that's why he's, talk, that's in what Kiss, he's Kiss, talking. In Kiss Kiss Bang about, Bang,
2: really. like when Robert Downey Jr. is mm-hmm. sat in the kitchen mm-hmm. and then, like, I can't even imagine, the The girls start, start saying just like a story about it's And then he's all like, oh, well, that probably won't come up in the third act or something. Like, he he addresses Uh, that that is... No, but uh,
4: you're on about that, right? No, but, but, I mean... But that's
2: that self-referential shit that he's talking about.
4: No, but he's he's admitting to the trope, which I think is is one thing. But there's stuff like, for example, Bruce Willis in Last Boy Scout and Arnie in uh, Last Action Hero. You know, they're actually referring to themselves. They're referring to, like, the star power of themselves nearly... And and not not in a script writing trope, but in a an Arnie movie, yeah, and yeah. A, a Bruce Wallace movie, and and that, that, that's sort of what the joke was. Then it was more sharper But do you, do you know and what, that's what the jokes came from?
2: Do you know what the first title for the last Boy Scout was? What? Do you not know now? No. Do you don't know this story? I, I know something about Shane Black. The parent doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck show. Don't gloat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't glue as much. Like. <laughs>
3: Aye.
4: You know, uh, well, I don't just float. Just be, I gotta float. Uh, <laughs> just be, just be good, good, good in defeat as you are at, you know, London victory as well. I, but I never won. <laughs> no, uh, right, no it, was, then? it was, it was, it
2: was rare. No, it's, it's going back to that, <laughs> that Empire podcast. We Shane Black and Joel Silver was on as well, and it was Joe. St- Joel, uh, Joel Silver was telling the story that uh, Shane Black came, came in with this script called Die Hard. And he was all like, "Oh, and like, I'm still, I'm still working out. I Don't, re- don't, I don't really have, I don't really have it fully worked out, in all this here." Mm-hmm. And Joel Seller was all like, "All right, okay, well, work away. Can I have the title?" Fuck and He's off. all, like, "Yeah, go away. Have the title." So Shane Black came up with Die Hard, and that turned into the last podcast <laughs> Fuck Best. off! That's actually really interesting. Did he even get paid for the title? though? No? I don't think. I think he. I think he, <laughs> on that podcast, he they should, asked he for that, and he's all like, Fuck, I didn't get paid anything." But, but I I think yeah Shane Black came out with Die Hard which is weird because that's Bruce Willis and then he he was in the film that was called
4: aye which was yeah. was based on the the sort of stupid idea of Bruce Wells' action star but the thing the, the, it it was I think it was actually Empire was reading uh it was last month's Empire where he said we're not few, sponsored by Empire but yeah, no we're not <laughs> but it was different. I love as well
3: we're using all our podcast knowledge and flaunting as our own knowledge <laughs> no no but I mean
4: I suppose it's all sort of yeah like, it's all, all I'm like, like, a... like he still said it so it doesn't matter. But uh, it was... Like, hey, it doesn't matter what. He, he could have said that in a bus station. Uh, like, you know, I, mean, yeah, I have, can play it for you if you have, have <laughs> <He, he laughs> eating a fucking cheese sandwich at the bus station just. But, uh, the next
2: 40 minutes of this podcast is Cass, just the Empire podcast. The
4: thing he said about the nice guys was that um, I think he tried to get that made quite early.
2: I know. He had that before Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And him.
4: Uh, no, no, even before that. No, he, he says he had that about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it was... a long, all yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. And then he says it was just really odd I think it was the iron man thing or it was something around that time or whatever where somebody says, what do you have? And I says, well, I've got this fucking script I've had for years, whatever, threw it up on it. And then he said, it was the fucking oddest thing. He says, I've has been trying to get made for it. He says people at the studios didn't get it. They didn't like the style. I thought it was whatever. They didn't quite get it. And he didn't change anything. But I said, uh, on the first day he said, uh, you got a call from Russell Crowe's agent saying, um, Russell Crowe wants to play that part in then, another script and he's all right, fuck,
3: have a Was Crowe being considered or did he just see the script no, and really just, like it? it was Russell Crowe's people uh, that got in touch,
4: uh, yeah. And then he says, right, sure, I'll fly out and meet him, whatever. he says, as he was getting on the plane, he said, uh, he got a call from Ryan agent saying, Ryan Gosling wants to play the other part. Jesus. And, then, and he says, it was like the whole pain, the whole thing about getting the finance and all that jazz. He said,
3: "Um, 20
4: years, and he says, and the whole film was sorted in five days.
3: It's crazy as That's well because mad. Like, you look at it too though because two huge stars not only getting contact with you about what they started I mean you haven't even contacted them they like the script that much I'm sure that that knocks down a lot of fucking doors for you like you know what I mean a lot of barriers because these two fucking it, huge names it, are attached it is,
2: it is the Iron Man 3 thing as well like he, he was coming off a big one of Iron Man 3 that yeah. he, he could pretty much get anything made as well
3: yeah I suppose I because
2: I mean. I, Iron Man 3 made a billion dollars I, think it's, be- I think it's the best of the three cause them as it, well because it was hot off Avengers, so it had all that hype. But it was I love
4: the I whole. Don't, I don't think it was it was to do with the Avengers. I, I well, I mean, it, it definitely didn't hurt.
2: But no, it's a great film as well. I, I really I
3: see. Yeah, I think it's the best of three, and I think as well
2: I think it's that, the most considered. It's it's think, very you know. divisive though between between. No, the but fans. it is. It's a, it's
4: a '90s action film and an Iron Man yeah. film. Yeah,
2: and that's it's what's great. Christmas. It's all oh, it's all the Shane
4: black
3: tropes. And like and a no but an Iron Man film?
2: No, but a lot of people didn't like the whole Mandarin twist that's where it kind of divides comic
3: books I fans. fucking love that Fuck. I, 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 <laughs> I love that but I can see why comic book fans would I hear it because that is fucking hilarious. that is supposed to be he's so good it?
2: what do you call his,
3: his character when you find I out I can't, can't even mean, some to, fucking uh, hard eye some hard up actor but um, no I actually really like that I really like the fact that fucking the Mandarin was the twist now, fair enough, you could see why comic book fans would fucking hate that because he is supposed to be Iron Man's nemesis, but it's cool, it's funny. And just one more thing, going on the whole Marvel thing too, I, says that I personally think that the reason the Winter Soldier was so successful critically and it was a very good film is because it is essentially a 70s, early 70s paranoia thriller moulded in with a superhero film and it's not just your standard superhero narrative. And I think that that's why Iron Man 3 is so good because it's that 90s action aesthetic and sort of kind of self-referential, molded on with a superhero film. It just gives it a bit more depth.
2: Ben Kingsley character in Iron Man 3 was Trevor Slattery. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually amazing in it. But uh, just go back to the nice guys, because I never actually talked about it. But uh, it's, it's really funny. A lot of the jokes are in the trailers. So if you haven't seen much of the trailers, don't watch them. Maybe just watch one to get the kind of vibe of it. See if you're into it. Just go see it though; it's a good for. Hmm. But uh, it's really funny. Uh, Russell Crowe's great at it. Russell Crowe's just great and everything. But yeah. I really, I really liked Ryan Gosling's character Roma! because Baby Goose. He, he 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 has a lot of the kind of comedy bits, and you could pass it off as oh he's the the comedy relief, yeah. and then like Russell Crowe's more of a straight man or whatever. But straight man. But there, there, there's actually there's actually <laughs> there's actually like a deeper kind of performance in there as well, and it's 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 hidden behind comedy. But there's actually like a like a character in there, and a, a, you kind of see that through more subtle things and stuff. And that's what I really liked about his character. And I think that kind of well shown out for me anyway. I really liked his his performance and his character in
3: it. Sweet. And even from the trailer as well, it seems like their chemistry is fucking. I know, it's like,
2: uh, like uh, obviously it's Shane Black, so he he has that whole kind of body cop thing down. But well, he need like, pretty, he need enough hand handcraft it himself, like yeah, he <laughs> made that fucking genre his own. But uh, yeah, the, the two of them together is great, and also Ryan Gosling's daughter in it is she's really good. I'm actually intrigued what you would think about it though, Shane, because obviously you had the big rant like a couple of weeks ago
3: about over intelligent kids in films, and but she- if it's done in a considered sort of self referential way, and it's played for laughs and I wouldn't mind it. I don't like it when it's played straight. Like it's a drama film and you've got like this 8 or 9 year old who's like well, a you fucking see, Einstein. Well you see you
2: but you mentioned in your thing that, that like they're emotionally intelligent she's she's not really emotionally te- intelligent she's just, she's kind of savvy to her dad's foibles, you know what I mean like because he, he's a single dad or mad dad and all this year, so he, she's basically taking care of him rather than him taking care of her. It's that kind of
3: Trope, kind yeah. of. I well, I can't pass comment until I see it. But if it does,
2: is... I, I, I think she's great in the film. She, she's really good. I'm just intrigued what you would think, given your hatred of
3: children. Yeah, because I mean, even like, <laughs> I mean, in comparison, if if you really say let's hatred <laughs> fucking children, but if well, you do, you have kids no I do not Well, oh, no you hate children I have two small dogs who are like children but uh, and you hate one of them. I hate one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's not much work so <laughs> hate but, one because it reminds me of Wayne <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you look at like a straight drama like I don't want to go back to this because we were chatting about it before but I don't like it when they're like kind of emotionally intelligent and shit like that. But if you've got someone like, say, for comparison, Deadpool, where what do you call it, Nagasaki Boomtown, or what the (laughs) fuck (laughs) do you call it,
2: (laughs) Nagasonic teenage Warhead.
3: Aye, Nagasonic
4: teenage (laughs) Warhead. Nagasaki Boomtown. Nagasaki, that's where the fucking that's where the Allies dropped that bomb. Like so, Nagasaki Boomtown. It's, it's I apologies. apologize. He's the when, when, when,
2: when was Heron's dad come on the podcast? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> but uh, if, if you the take a comparison there. there. The, the, the Moffat's Christmas year. <laughs> the Moffat's
3: Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, but Deadpool mainly. is played for laughs. It's really, really fucking self-referential. She, she's yet. a bit older, though. She's though. a bit older, but still works. Yeah. But then uh, maybe that, you know, the, the kid and the nice guys might work too, but anyway. I know. Like, I... It it does work. It worked
2: for me anyway. Like I really enjoyed her. She's she's great in the film. And I hey, she I was just intrigued because I just I had that in the back of my mind just because you brought it up a couple weeks. Ago. I was like, Shannon probably fucking hit this. <laughs> <they printed> <laughs> <laughs>
4: just fucking sitting on a smoky bear. <laughs> <laughs> Shannot,
2: I fucking hit that um, I, I really I really enjoyed the film, but kinda in the third act, there's there's a lot of. There's kind of, like, a big kind of set piece towards the end, but I don't know. I, was, I wasn't enjoying it as much. There's there's a lot of people getting hit by cars and crashing through windows and stuff like that, and I get why they're putting all that in, because it kind of adds, like, a bit of comedy and a bit of just action in it, but if someone actually did all that, they probably would die yeah (laughs) and i know it's like it's a common thing with action films and like i mean if somebody
3: jumps from a fucking top i'd definitely
4: say the mortality of of shane black's lead characters is quite high (laughs) yeah (laughs)
3: Yeah. especially even going back to what you said about how he does not want rigs die, you know i mean
4: uh, maybe he's got softer
3: in his older years no but yeah it was or maybe it's just always producers maybe Maybe he's wanting to kill every character just
4: writing what they want (laughs) Fuck it. I'm not going to get the film made I want, anyway. It's like that's just every fucking character's going to die. I might as well get and and half, of it. Phone <laughs> <laughs> that shit in. No, like but... It's like a boom <laughs> tune, <town>, like, just...
0: <laughs> no, it-, it on down to Chinatown. <laughs> no, but it
2: was, it was just, like, just, it kind of, I, I noticed it, basically, and I was just kind of like, really, he's going to crash into that many amount of cars, and <laughs> stuff. And there's... That many amount of cars, and I'm going <laughs> to and there's there's a bit where he you Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Goslin was holding a film reel and then he gets shot at and then the the metal around the film reel stops the bullet and it's just like would that metal I know in a film I know I know this it. I know this is like basic fucking film gripes but for some reason I just noticed it in this film
3: out of 10 then Michael Magic, out, of, Michael. Out,
2: out of ten, I would give it an eight. It's a solid eight. There's Ooh. there's great there's great chemistry, there's great comedy in there. And it's it's it goes goes along swiftly and you're you're engaged in every moment, I would say. I would I would absolutely love to see more just from the two characters because at, like at one point like uh Shane Black had the script along. they were actually trying to develop it and the a TV show at oh, fuck. one point. That's And at the end, they they leave it open that they will have more adventures together. So whether that is in a sequel or it's never going to be a TV there, show, like, there's but there's if, no, but if if, it, if I mean... they decide just they throw money at Crow and Gosling, <laughs> no, <laughs> they leave it open
4: and they left it open on last boys court and they are after open, box, open all these fucking things. And uh,
2: I know, but that's what I'm saying. I would just love to see more from those two characters because they're they're <laughs> they're great together.
4: Though. But speaking on the leaving it open, opening. It open
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking slagging me off for not uh, too many cars sh- or whatever <laughs> <your shite> words <laughs> uh, <laughs> also de-aging has is a word that has become a thing so fuck you uh, that's where i got it from well if if they can
4: if they can say fucking mentalist invented by steve coogan or whoever the fuck with it, and throw out an addiction they can throw out fucking <laughs> show, the fuck out that addiction that the issue the mentalist oh. Well, that. Uh, it's actually, a mentalist. It's credited in a dictionary as being invented on the Alan Park. <laughs> <laughs> really? On <laughs> the mentalist side, is
3: he? 100%. He's a mentalist. So well, they mentalist. have to throw on these sex people. <laughs> they have to get sex, sex people. Really? <laughs> Learn these are sex people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
4: at the end of fucking uh, Last Boy Scout, you've got the uh, Waynes and Wills. Uh, fucking
2: Why is Bruce Wills hanging s- about with a
4: bunch of kids? I don't know. He's. <laughs> probably, probably a pedophile, but uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Dan, it Dan, ends, no, off at the her. end and all, literally under <sighs> the sunset and all, and just this really body copy thing. And I was all, I right. so I'm thinking I need a fucking, I think I'm thinking I need a partner and you know, all. And he's all, hey man, what partner and you know? all. And then uh, Bruce Billis turns around and says something like, fucking, uh, I hey, bet you know this is the 90s though, you need to have something to cool, you need to something cool, they say, you know, when you you know, you hurt people or you you know what I mean. So say if I was, you know, I was hitting a guy with a surfboard, i have to turn around and go like, "Surf stop, pal!" <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was, was, for me, it was, it was the biggest laugh in the whole film.
3: <laughs> Surf stop, <up>, pal! <laughs> 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 fucking slapping up I was up by a surfboard. <laughs> Round that a boogie board just <laughs> up by
2: Joey, a fucking ass bird. <laughs> So, Shat, what have you watched this week? <laughs> I sorry, just Andrew. I actually just realised that we weren't near the end of the podcast. I was thinking like, oh, like we'll 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 move on. Like we're near the end. It's like we've only done me. What have we watched? I do personally
3: think it's the longest we've ever talked about. <laughs> one thing. It definitely, is. like uh, I'll be quick on mine. Uh, this week I watched be a long podcast. Rewatch Salem Running, uh, nineteen seventy-two, directed by Douglas Trumbull. And uh, main character is Bruce Dern, who had, like, about a career resurrection recently with, like, uh, Nebraska and Hitful Eight and stuff like that. But, uh, he's in the Hateful Eight? He's the old general. Like, the really, really old guy, because he's, like, fucking 82 or something at this point, Bruce Dern. My word. Yeah. But uh, Sailor Ronan, uh, very briefly, the, the reason I watched it years ago is because it's one of Marker Modes for our films. And even though he's a really arrogant fucker at times, he, he does have a really good opinion, in my opinion, on films. So I watched it.
2: Uh, in your opinion he has a good
3: opinion <laughs> my opinion he's got a good opinion it's like my, a pi- opinion my, or my opinion or philosophy. Sep- <laughs> it's like opinionception <laughs> I mean. uh, opinionception, <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> <It's> opinion-ception. <laughs> but uh, the plot's actually really simple uh, Bruce Dern and three other astronauts are on this sort of vessel it's set in like sort of <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, vessel. <laughs> no, no, a vessel a space it, it, vessel it, it, <laughs> spaceship oh dear oh dear <laughs> uh, space cow <laughs> it's the way I say it, spaceship space vessel but uh, <laughs> they're on this as long as you met it yourself yeah they're on this uh, spaceship anyway essentially what it is is that all life on earth has like eroded all natural life anyway so plants and stuff like got there are way they fucking shit perished perished you know so they're on this ship and they're trying to create like botany and, and like sort of animals and just basically kind of maintain an ecosystem now the other three astronauts in the ship because they've grown up in space and they've never actually been on earth they couldn't give a fuck about this stuff and there's actually this really cool wee line in it where bruce darren who's obsessed with kind of maintaining this ecosystem and sort of like he keeps saying getting the beauty of life back again and kind of putting it back on earth uh, he's eating like a, a cantaloupe that he's grown himself on the spaceship. And they're all, away oh, eating that food that usually just grow on the ground? That's disgusting, eating food that comes from the ground. Because they've been brought up on eating nothing but synthetic food that's just been created. Just packaged. Packaged, aye. So he's he's kind of arguing for this. But then this order comes in. Non-perishable, on. I think it's Non-perishable. called. Non-perishable. Good word. Strong word. That's
2: that's, that's like, you know, pers- like that's a thing for life as well. Like all, all, all the young kids are just eating things from cans and ready. To yeah, man. And, all. <laughs> and then like somebody's eating a fucking cucumber. it's like, where the fuck are you eating a cucumber? That like comes like from a, a fucking ground. You fucking <laughs> bastard! I,
4: I like to think my sense of humor is non-perishable. <laughs> 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 you can think that all you want. Like, <laughs> <"Hey, hello." laughs> you, you walk your side straight. I'll walk mine. So, and, uh, <laughs> you know, always saying, "Man, I walk the sunny side." You know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Basically, what happens is that they get a command from like. Uh, whoever the fuck's in charge and they basically say that they're going to have to get rid of all the sort of ecosystems on all these fucking spaceships that they've got and Bruce Dern loses that fucking plot because he's the only person who cares about <laughs> what happens. This doesn't a spoiler because it's only twenty minutes in. He ends up killing the other three members of the crew Second on the spaceship, just... and then just fucking Se- going. Seems a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> it does. I mean, and they do, they do they, they definitely do play it that way. Yeah. They do they do play it. I mean, it turns on. I bristly. He's right. just
4: uh, eating a wee chicken Caesar look, like, and then and <laughs> just getting stuck, and they just killed up his <laughs> 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 Oh What's going on
3: Nothing no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's eating an asparagus and all that uh, yeah. hey, shit bad boy you getting fucking sorry can we go back Say, r- no way r-
2: no way you were saying like all like all the kind of the space kids are like eating synthetic food are they making new
3: synthetic food I like, think it's, that just, it's, they it's, want... pre, it's pre-packaged from what I understand it's pre-packaged and it's just being sent from like the sort of head spaceship but you never see it you only hear through like voice recordings of them sending messages but, but
2: surely if they're cutting out them growing food they'll eventually run out of the
3: packaged food I but I think it's it's one of those ones that they have taken like the last stuff that are grown on earth before it completely eroded away and they've just kind got it put away it's it's almost like it's plastic it's like a soil and green sort of thing I think it's sort of alluded to that it's it could be people, it could be just completely synthetic.
2: Aye, so they are creating
3: more of it, it's just... Yeah, not natural. Yeah, in a lab, exactly, it's just lab-created food, that's all it is. That's the way the fucking world's going. That's the way the world's going, but, uh, aye, Bruce Darren kills the three other astronauts, uh, and then basically fucking just sets off on his own, uh, and the head commander, whatever you call him, are kind of chasing him down and stuff like that, and trying to find him, and obviously he doesn't want to be found, What's kind of weird is that the film could probably only be about 40, 45 minutes long because most of the film end turns from being this sort of message movie about like the environment and it's really on the nose and it's really kind of in your face. But then sometimes, I think at the time, because there was a lot of pollution and there still is a lot of pollution, it's one of those messages that kind of has to be said, even if it is really kind of fucking same. Po- 1972. So, and I think as well, it's, it's a film that's even more prescient now because back then pollution was just starting to go up to kind of worrying levels and now it's at fucking yeah, no, ridiculous he's wearing levels is uh, is Douglas when, uh, I think he's American Douglas Trumbull nice
2: when, when you have a week of sunshine
3: and dairy you have to fucking worry <laughs> <you> know, <man. laughs> he started panicking half of there? he's <laughs> got <laughs> fucking cancer but uh,
4: yeah
2: true. people don't know what to do they're scared the sun's mm. around so long
4: yeah, it goes up a couple of degrees you get some cunt out the front of our house with a fucking Hawaiian shirt and a barbecue <laughs> <laughs> you're all still over yeah, so I'm going to go fuck I'll fucking take it when I get it <laughs> but
3: anyway, sorry, continue. Uh, nah, nah, besides that there, uh, he kind of goes off on his own and then it turns on from this uh, sort of standard sci-fi film that's kind of using uh, pollution as like a theme and like sort of an anti-pollution message. Day, like a character study about Bruce <clears> Dern? <Darren. throat> and I personally think, even though it is only a wee 90-minute, it probably could have been about 15 or 20 minutes shorter because a lot of it is just him kind of lying about in psychosis and these big long, drawn-out close-ups of him like regretting what he's done and killing those astronauts because he knows that it was a massive overreaction but because is but it because like, he is feels it like the
4: crime and punishment thing it's sort of just yeah the rest of it, it's about that rather I, than the killings I mean
3: they're, they're definitely I mean the, there's definitely like an overarching thing throughout the rest of the film that he has killed uh, these people and he knows there was no reaction but at the same time he still feels well, I got the feeling he still feels that it's justified in the fact that he's trying to protect the last bit of natural life in the fucking universe because that's all it's left earth is fucked and the last bit of natural life is on the spaceship that he's on but then I'll not spoil what happens towards the end, but it kind of fits with the character and it fits with that sort of duality about feeling guilt about the devs, but wanting the ecosystem to survive. And uh, there's some really just nice music on there. I mean, like, there's there's this song that was attached to the film that might sound a wee bit diddid, a wee bit cheesy. Some of the film does come off as a bit diddid, but considering it was such a small budget, uh, I think some of the innovations, especially there's some robots in the film, and it was i I thought that they actually built robots. Like fuck, that's really advanced. But what they done? was I was reading about it after they got these like I think it was Warrior amputees and they put them inside these metal boxes and they move about in this really kind of I wouldn't say like abnormal sort of way like Mm. almost like an uncanny valley sort of way and for me it looked like an actual robot because they're moving so strangely because I thought nobody could be inside that robot and be moving that way yeah so it kind of throws you and obviously what's when the he, name Silent Silent Roman. Silent Roman. so when he kills those three astronauts it pretty much is it's the character sort of Bruce Darren and the only company he's got are the three robots who we, he kind of help him maintain the ecosystem on this cat. ship was it before or after Blade Runner oh, it was 10 years before Jesus. it's 1972 so it's really well back just after 2001
4: sorry I I don't like I haven't been listening at all I have listened to the story but you know like dates and stuff
3: like that. <laughs> oh, no, that's a cool <laughs>
4: Does,
2: does Bruce Stern ever say it at any point after he killed the street boys? as a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> 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 because that's the way he
3: get down the street. It. was like, when he realised it was a bit of an overreaction. I, know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think maybe it was the way I read it, because <laughs> as soon as he does fucking, not, like, I mean, like he fucking, he but bits he bits the fucking head out of one of the boys, and the other but... the boys, he fucking blows up. Like So it's not like they're, oh, they're, no, they're so nice to have said It's not
2: like, oh, it's a kind of, Accidental death, like he just pushes somebody and no, they, no,
3: no, he really he, goes he for like over, <laughs> I? <laughs> I, He goes full tilt and bludgeon on her head. But then he's just sad. So I love it <laughs> yeah. b- because his reaction is so violent. Basically, then they have to spend the next 50 to 55 yeah. minutes. And I'm just sitting there thinking about yeah. it.
4: Does he start off cooking with murder and pestle? And it's just all murder and pestle, eh? Fucking it's hanging your fucking head, more like. <laughs>
2: That's so he kills one of them, just sticks her head in the pastel and yeah, puts it, the mortar it, it, it on
4: it. He wasn't it. thinking about being witty, he was just thinking about killing. <laughs> That's why I didn't... I, I had a rhyme, but I thought, nah, I thought better of it. Yeah, you didn't Bruce Willis that shit. I didn't, nah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't. You, you didn't Willis it. I wouldn't want Willis to Willis anything, to be honest. <laughs> including Demi Moore.
3: Just to summarize as well, now on Saturday Running, because we spent oh, a lot of time with uh, right the right nice the guys. Uh, I'd give it 7 out of 10. I think it's got... When did we start reading stuff? Is this a new thing? I don't know. I do <laughs> if you let me finish a fucking sentence, maybe I'll be done quicker. <laughs> but never just like everybody else. No, I don't oh, sorry. 7 out of 10. I would give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's got like a good message. I mean, I think it's a message that just kind of has to be said. It's a bit on the nose, but it's sort of necessary. Uh, Bruce Dern, as he was back in the 70s, knocks it out of the park. There's some parts, I think, where the script maybe is a wee bit clunky and the graphics maybe stick out a wee bit, but I mean, I think that's just because it's of the just, time. Uh, it's it's of its time, you know what I mean? I think that concerning the budget and concerning the limitations of the graphics the time, it, it's actually quite impressive. Uh, and I like as well how it kind of flirts between being this sci-fi film and then just this character study of regret and, you know, maybe having this one sort of erratic lashing out at, you outburst. know, a couple of people. Outburst. That's the word I'm looking for, an outburst. Um, so yeah, I like it. And there's a nice sort of soothe the music in there too that, that fits with the whole film in you it? it's good
2: I know it sounds interesting that it, it kind of it starts off like setting up like it might be about something else and then this outburst happens and then it actually just changes into something else like but don't
3: thing. get me wrong I mean even though the last you know half or whatever 50 minutes of the film is kind of more a character study of Bruce Darren and it's sorta of looking at his regret that, you know, killing these other astronauts, it is still in the last fifty minutes also majorly focused on the fact that he wants to save, you the, know, the natural life and an ecosystem because I mean like him sitting about regretfuls and their sparse way him obviously trying to build the sort of wee money for us that he's got on the spaceship. Does it say it's worth it? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, see that's... Is this I, pro-killing humans? They make Earth better? I think because, because obviously it, knows, uh, you know, it does have that sort of nature message in there, I don't think it's saying that... It, I think
2: it's just leaving it up to yourself. You <laughs> know I mean? So if you kill somebody from this film, it's
3: not our fault. Aye. Kill for nature, is what I'm saying.
4: I'm sure Challenger was just old. Uh, I have none to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Heron, why did you watch this week? I watched a uh, tr- true story. We, uh, Jonah Hull and fucking Franco, James Franco, Jimmy Franco, Jimmy Franco. Jimmy Franco. Can you tell me about this.
3: I've never mm. even fucking heard of this film. It's
2: Have big, you know. Um, it's it's funny. It's based on it. true story. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, <laughs> no, it actually is the one. It's <laughs> no, based, on is, based on true story.
4: It's based on true story. Give us the, the background. to them what's. Um, Jonah Hull plays this journalist who works for the New York Times, uh, who. In the first couple of minutes, becomes a disgraced journalist because he kind of fumbled facts a bit. And then um, he finds out that this uh, killer who killed his wife and his four kids um, mm-hmm. has been using his name. He's been hiding out and he's been away in Mexico and he sort of, you know, but he says, No, I'm a journalist for the New York Post and he uses Jonah Hill's character's name. Right. And then this sort of comes up and stuff, and as Jonah Hill's character is a way off, kind of doing a bit of soul search on that, mm. he gets a call from somebody else saying, "Oh, you know, I just want to hear what you have to say about this here," and he had no knowledge of it at all. Yeah. And then he starts searching online and stuff, and starts finding out. On so, he arranges a meeting. He sends a letter to the the criminal and uh, uh, arranges a meeting with him. And uh, James Franco's character. Um, you know, obviously he's curious why he used his name and this kind of thing and all. And and, and Franco, says, "No, I was actually, I was a big, I, I followed your work and and this kind of stuff and all. And I'm a big fan of yours and all hmm. and whatever." And so, um, Jonah Hill's character sort of he almost sees it as a as a way to well one he wants to meet him, but he sees a story in it also as well that might bring him back, like a good story, you yeah, know? redeem himself, like aye. And then he sees a book in it. He sees all this kind of stuff in it. But um, it's just it's it's just constant kind of back and forth between them because there's always there's like similarities between the two of them. Um, There's like uh, notes that Jonah Hill made on a trip, and like kind of doodles that he did on on the edge of his notes. Um, Franco's character did the same on his notes and stuff. And there's like wee similarities and and personality in there. Mm. And it's the whole idea of 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 saying that it's you know, am I a liar? Because Jonah Hull, the insight in the event is that Jonah Hull lies about something, and I think this is almost the point of the film that. You know, wait the whole question mark over over James Franco, what, what the story he tells of the night, um, is did he do it or did he not? Yeah, and so there's this whole thing back and forth about. uh you know what's similar about the two of us and I think I'm just, just as I just said out there now, I, th- I think um, it might be that Jonah Hill's character thinks that Franco's a liar yeah because he maybe has admitted that about himself and so maybe he's admitting that about Franco and so this is the whole thing about but there's no it's not really answered whether he did it or not or whether you believe him or whatever but it's just it's very subtly played I mean I watched we were we, reading we like a all he's a big fan of Franco and stuff and uh, um, it's not there's no big massive theatrics I don't know it's just a pure character piece it definitely isn't a summary of all its parts I, I mean there are plot lines that are sort of addressed and then fucked away that you could say well that was that was obviously going to be developed in a, a different script Yeah, you know when and, and, uh, Jonah Hill's wife is fairly underwritten, and there's lots of things that aren't good about it. His wifeless, uh, Felicity Jones. Ah, okay. And
3: uh, but I always say, good actress, too.
4: She's great. Uh, I mean, she has she has one scene, that that's I mean, I'll not say what it is, but she has one scene that's, that's brilliant. Um, and but th- there's a lots of different sort of cliches. I mean, the whole thing is about. Um, I think the whole thing is. is can you get to where you want to by lying? Yeah. You know, and and I I think that is sort of the message. Are you lying to yourself? Are you lying in your life? Or are you telling the truth and just nobody believes you? It's the idea of lies or the perception of lies and that's sort of what becomes the central part of the film. Is there
3: a thing in there, this is just obviously, I guess I'm just asking is there a thing in there where Jonah Hill's character kind of sees himself maybe as a bit superior to Franco because he thinks he's a liar and, Obviously, he considers, he actually thinks that he's done the murder. But even though he's lying, and of describe his own career, he Aye. sees that lay as well, a lot there, lesser. There's actually than...
4: one scene in it, right? Where because Franco says, I want you to teach me how to write. If I tell you about what happened to me, I want you to teach me how to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jonah Hill says, well, I'll give you an exercise. And he gives him a word. And he says, write the first thing that comes into your head. Give you an X word. The third word happens to be liar he says, mm. liar, what do you think? And they both cover up. And uh, what Franco writes is Jonah Hill's name. And what Jonah Hill writes is his name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's like, but it's quite early in the film too. But they start laughing about it and they are well, that's fucking bullshit. And they're sort of, but they're like, Frank, we didn't like him in it. Because I, I was saying I'm not a massive James Franco fan. I think he's all right. I think he's good. Mm. I think he has his moments. But in that I actually
3: thought he was brilliant. I is there any element of because obviously you don't know that Franco's coming out the crime or not? Is there ever any sort of tense moments where maybe you feel that Jonah Hull's under threat in any way or that you know no, Franco no, not, could not turn? Under,
4: see, because his whole thing's at stake, you know, it, it seems I suppose, I suppose them neither of them seem like amazingly good characters. Mm.
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.
4: Mm. But I suppose they're, they're just searching or they're trying to find a way out of their own situation and I think perhaps the whole thing is, is through lies. The the main you know,
3: that's strange the main crux of it. it's uh, all
4: about pers- you know like
3: perspective, how yeah. I'm
4: perceived and how I'm perceived and even with the jury Franco changes the story halfway through it and you know, you're like and then the, this cop pulls Jonah Hollis and he says he's just saying that they've messed with the jury and get the case tossed he's just mocking with their perception he's lying to do that the whole thing is about how one is perceived yeah how you're
3: looked upon you know it's strange as well because when you were talking about the main crux in art of it actually reminded me a lot of Capote you know about this writer who goes and actually
4: when I said it
3: I yeah I, I mean it's just it's so, it, uh, I think obviously you know you've got a very sort of arrogant, uh, you got a very arrogant sort of author in a way who's got like this big perception of himself, but I mean, he's kind of been accused of maybe uh, enlarging the truth, he kind of soon his own narratives and stuff again, and then he meets this killer, who you don't really know, has he done it, hasn't he? But I mean, obviously in Capote, there's this sort of, I wouldn't say like this underplayed sort of attraction between the two of them too, because obviously Capote was a gay man, it's hinted that the criminal on that is a gay man too, but... Mm. I, it sounds very similar. I I, I love couple I think it's a great film, so I'm definitely going to give it a go. I, uh, when was it released? I fucking did not hear about this at all. It's pretty like
4: recent. Last year like, was it? I because I think I mean there, there's a lot of people saying about Frank that he does so <laughs> much work and all, and I mean, I mean I think like it's pretty bad. It was released probably around the same time as this is the end or whatever. Mm.
2: Um, I well that's that's why I was going to ask you, Is is there any kind of element where it's it's a bit hard to take them seriously no. because? because obviously like Franco's done dramatic stuff and Jonah Hill has done dramatic stuff to great effect he got two Oscar nominations crazy he's been nominated
3: for two Oscars two? two Oscars like.
2: yeah Wolf of Wall Street and Moneyball he was nominated oh, for that's best sport but uh yeah. but, see, but seeing them together and obviously they're part of that whole like Seth Rogen group where that they do the frat, do frat pack sort of thing yeah, aye uh, but seeing them together is it's it hard fr- is it frat is, pack not Wolf of
3: but they were part. No, what 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 do you call humans again? Then, because the frat guys like Wolf Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, and stuff like that. On yeah. there, I can't remember. But they have a name, like you know, aye, Seth aye, Rogen, aye. Jonah Hill. And aye, no, fucking, no, no, what do They call J. J. Barrow. Yeah, but is is it is it weird to see
2: Jonah Hill and James Franco in a film where it's there's no laughs like like? It, he, it, I
4: mean, there, there's lots of things that aren't strongly directed in the film, but the one thing it is is that you forget your wife's name too.
3: Who did direct this? Do you know? I'll check it out, if I, out. Couldn't, I couldn't. Idea. I'm on it. I'm on it. Sort
4: of, because uh, I, I, I was sort of in the middle of uh, doing a bit of work on that, but um, I just, um, I, I didn't see his name. I did, I did see his name, but
3: Ripper, it, Ripper. Gold. But
4: it's like two O's. Aye, I, I aye, Ripper, Ripper Gold. Aye,
3: Gold. What else did Rupert um, Gold
4: do? See that's the thing it, it, it wasn't like a well known director That's why it probably didn't stick with me Yeah, no, yeah.
3: Well Rupert Gold has only done Three things it, right? as a director True uh, stories was his only feature uh, And then he done Three episodes of stuff Yeah he done an episode Of great performances Whatever the fuck that is And then one episode Of The Hollow Crown But yeah What's The right. Hollow Crown? But do you think I mean obviously put this We uh, just us find that out there Now that's Rupert gold's first ever feature do you Mm. think that there's strength in there do you think that there could be a good career to be carved out yet
4: i I think there's sort of shadows of lots of things in it you know there's and and the halls you know the court halls and stuff like that there and all not not the actual court itself but the halls and stuff there's very there's the clean glassy kind of look of like lincoln lawyer down when they're like next to the river having a sort of a cathodical conversation like, there, there's like influences of things like True Detective and things like this here there's there's definitely lots on it but but I think it, it's um his, his skills seem the most apparent when it's just two actors and they're just going at it you know and maybe it, maybe it's a theatre theatre background dance background, so. I'm thinking but, but aside from that though um his shot choices when it is two of them it's not just back force back force back forth, back, forth. It, it's it's There's one thing I would remark on is that it's very carefully chosen what it uses.
3: So there could be a bit of yeah. Well, hopefully there's a bit of talent on there for the right girl. You could be talking
4: like you know like suddenly met more. That's sort of suddenly met kind of style. I fucking love suddenly met too. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Brilliantly.
2: So you overall enjoyed the film.
4: Overall, I liked it. I was surprised Rory fucking didn't like it at all. I mean, there are cheesy-ish moments, but um, not not cheesy. But because the whole film you feel is like on a bit of a tightrope of this is a very well trodden path and they manage to dodge a lot of the cliches quite well. couple of them they don't but on the whole I think it's definitely worth a watch. Like
3: Nice one. Just for the listener too Rory is uh, Colm's roommate. <laughs> Hi sorry. <laughs> Colm's life partner. His um, life partner. I... We share around apartment <laughs> And other things. <laughs> is
2: it just
4: me, or saying it's an apartment? Does that just sound like an upper class thing they say? Because I keep you're saying, I keep saying, "round a flat." My all, "It's an apartment," and I all, "But you're like, you're like."
3: What's uh, the difference between you, an apartment
2: and a flat, though?
3: I think that a flat is usually just it's like part be, of a house. It's part of a house, whereas an apartment is a block uh, uh, of flats. Uh, uh, you know I mean what I mean? She, she is but at the same time.
4: she is technically correct. But I just think she sounds like. Someone who's trying to be a gentrified th- off. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think it's a it's sort of like the lexicon or where we come from. I think he would just call it a block of flats. What's this? Funnily enough, bringing up Rory, he
2: just started periscoping his bike ride through the park. Oh and lovely. This, this is what we are currently listening
3: to. By the way, Rory is a uh, stand up comedian and uh what else Rory? He's quite a an accomplished cameraman. He's a cameraman editor, right. Cameraman editor. Right man. Very funny, man. You can knock it off now. It's literally a man cycling through a park.
2: Hang on, I'm, I'm messaging him. <laughs> hey, give him a, a less talk, more movies park
4: message. Hey,
3: give him a big less talk thumbs up. Good park work there, Rory.
4: <laughs> keep out damn ditches, boy. Keep, keep off of that, that grass. <laughs> keep off
2: that grass, now damn damn ditches. <laughs> I just messaged him saying, Rory, we're doing the podcast. Do you have anything to say?
4: Yeah, don't watch Two Story, because it's extremely
2: disappointing. Have a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Perfectly timed. There you go. <laughs> that was actually
1: fucking <laughs> so good. So perfect
3: timed. And all friends, when you sent that message, I was always going nowhere. right. <laughs> <laughs> Super, there we go. Nice cameo there from uh, the very uh, best comedian and cameraman, <laughs> Rory McFluggan. Thank you very Woo! much, Rory. Good man, Rory. Cheers.
4: AKA Les Osmore, but you're not supposed to know that. A.K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. that's, that's his brother, isn't it? I know, it's his brother that, that has long, blonde, fellered highlights. She's looking a man.
2: Okay, we shall move on to...
3: topics Jan Coyle has a topic aye just something that kind of came to me alright now it doesn't necessarily have to be Netflix or whatever else but have you ever just taken a complete punt on a film like usually now because you see promotional material and because of the internet and just so much fucking social media and media in general even if you're not interested in a film even if you fucking despise the look of a film you'll still know quite a bit about it so it's very very rare that you come across a film now that you know very little about. Even, like, older films, because, like, the amount of websites about them, you still know something about, like, films released 10, 20 years ago. But have you ever found a film that you've known nothing about and thought, You know what? I'll take a chance, and you've actually ended up loving it. Now, you, do, you, know, you don't necessarily have to love it. You know, you could fucking despise it, but have you ever just taken a punt? Because you'd be surprised how little you'll watch a film without knowing at least a multitude of things about it. It's digital age, isn't it?
2: I, yeah. I have three <laughs> but two of them are really quick. And the third one's really quick as well, but that's the best one. Is this fucking too, wasn't No, the first one was the other night. Uh, flicking through Amazon Prime, just trying to find something for, for me and Joe. Ooh.
3: Ooh. Somebody pays for a subscription. <laughs> Do I fuck, it's my brother's account. <laughs> Amazon's gonna be the front door, them <laughs> Two Amazonian women just... Every <laughs> uh, <laughs> day rebate in your face. Uh, come on in. Um,
4: come on in for a cupcake.
2: Continue. It was... a so I whacked on... Oh shit, I can't even mind the name of the film. It's like a New York tale or a Winter's Tale or something. That Colin oh one.
3: Oh shit, I've heard that's fucking bogging. Does, does, does Walt Winter's Smith, does Walt uh, Smith not play that
2: fucking deal? <laughs> what are you Crowbar and Farrell. <laughs> oh, oh no, I, Crowbar's <laughs> fucking. I, Crowbar's him, it. <laughs> hey, he plays an Irishman. Awful Irish accent. Well, <laughs> but uh, no, I heard it was Irish al- bear. I, I heard it was awful, but kind of, but kind of, but like comically awful. So I thought I might give it a wee go. I got about ten minutes on a Sunday, and it, and I was just like, honestly, I really don't give a fuck about anything. that's happening. All Col- enough with Colin Farrell. May- Rode a white horse and did a big jump over a gate, mm-hmm. and then Crowbar was doing a big Irish accent, well, uh, which I was, was weird. Fucking as well. Hey. And then someone uh, mentioned miracles, and I was like, "Is this like a heaven and hell thing
3: or something?" I've heard, but
2: that, I, I do want to go back to just to kind of understand the complete insanity of it. But I just, I just couldn't get through it. I have heard time. though that Winters
3: Tale, whatever it's called, does go for like a. Big fucking magic realism sort of narrative, but it's just really all over the place. It's and it's like, it's just it. trying to the go last top?
4: time you saw a magic realism film and you thought, oh, that's amazing? Mm. Never. What do you, what do you the call, what do you call him that though that question.
2: wrote Beautiful Mind and Batman Robin? Huh? What do you call him? He wrote
3: Beautiful Mind. Aye. Ron, her director, right. I don't know, who he wrote Beautiful Mind though. It's <sighs> going on, right name. And we continue. On. What was the other film? Uh, my, the the second film of my trilogy
2: is that uh, The Voices, starring Ryan Reynolds. Nah, you talked was, about that one, say it, it was on Netflix, and I'd seen a trailer for it. But I, I honestly just thought it was kind of oh. like another kind of random Ryan Reynolds kind of comedy thing. Yeah. But it was actually way deeper than that, and it actually it didn't play like it's called The Voices because. Ryan Reynolds' character is mental, and he hears uh, his dog and his cat talks to him, and he hears voices basically. But in in the trailer and all, it's obviously played for laughs, and there are laughs to be had when he's talking to his cat and dog. Yeah. But it actually delves deeper in in the that and, and the it health problems. Yeah, and it it g- gives away more sinister side it, and I was I was I was actually completely blown away about how much I was invested in the film and. Just really fucking enjoyed it, and it was completely not what I was expecting from the
3: film. Now, w- one question, and I think this is sort of the, the crux of the topic. If you would have known about the narrative of that film, would you have watched it? Yeah. Yeah, you would have watched it. See, cause, I know, because it's 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 a great narrative. Because I think sometimes when you see plot synopsis and stuff like that, you'll think, uh, it's not for me, uh, it seems a bit shite. And then uh, maybe sometime, if you force yourself to watch it, you'll be like, Jesus Christ, I was actually being like kind of really prejudiced there. You know, I was... I wasn't really kind of expecting it to be as good. You know, I just didn't yeah. think I would like it because of certain things that are attached to it.
2: No, oh, because I, I was just... I I wanted I to watch it just because I thought it was a dumb Ryan Reynolds comedy, but it was actually some way deeper and way more meaningful, and I actually really fucking yeah. enjoyed the film. I think it's a great film. Everybody should watch it. Watch nice it right film. now. Nice I don't three. know if it's still on Netflix, but watch it.
3: Number three? Uh, it's
2: just it's just a two word. seconds. Akiva yeah. Goldman is who wrote *Beautiful Mind and Batman Robin and di- oh. wrote and directed A New York Winter's Tale, is what the film was
3: called. It's like that right mm. He also wrote I Am Legend and I, Robot. Mm. See, well, I Am Legend's there, right? a good fucking film. I like it. Well, bar like the last fucking 20-odd minutes, I, Robot's not bad either.
4: Did you know that this, the planned sequel, I don't know if it's going to happen, but the, the original planned sequel of I Am Legend... Uh, was tailing off from the alternative ending that they had for the first really? one. Really? Aye. What was the alternative ending? Hold on, just just to, because I, I keep reading about one or the other. Does fucking spoiler? Does Wall die or aye, he dies? Lives? And the original ending dies, aye. So and then you and and the alternative ending he loves, right? So they're playing off the alternative ending. They loves. And what was what well, sure the, know was going to be? Because <laughs> well, it's, uh, sure. it's just like, what the fuck? Is alive and brought an opportunity by the DVD. And then see if you go <laughs> on the uh, or you know, deleted scenes or alternative event and you'll find out why this happens, even though the film. Don't... It's the stupidest fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> or they
3: could just really cop out because from what I remember about I Am Legend, you see him like. Paula Grenade but you don't actually see him die but he would definitely be fucking bread, like you know what yeah, I mean
4: yeah
2: he might be all fucking two faced sure, <laughs> sure all the zombie slash vampires were all coming in on I yeah don't. those so- those
3: fucking uh, PS1 characters hey <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe they just they're all, they're all running
4: towards him Because he has, he just opened up A big fridge of drink And they're all Party down Yeah <laughs> So they're all just sitting there Getting pissed and all And then he rolls out And he's just all Ah oh, fuck nah, They were just want to get blocked It's mad though They because didn't want to eat me They just knew there was A fucking big fridge I beat. No here.
2: no no This this is what happens First scene of the sequel of The I Am Legends It's all drunk People call each other legends You're a fucking legend Yeah <laughs> Yeah no, but first So maybe scene that's of, what of Really Am... it's about And that they're
4: trying to Sell in a sequel <laughs>
2: oh, for, First scene of the sequel of I Am Legend, a well search. Anyway, what while, while holding the grenade, all the PS1 vampires are coming at him, and he just goes, Oh, hell no! Nah! and then <laughs> jumps into the fridge to protect himself, drops the grenade outside, blows all them up, fridge protect them, grand.
3: And you know what? His sequel, No Questions Asked, then that just ties <laughs> everything up, doesn't <laughs> it?
2: And then, and then he, he lands
4: in a you know, like a, a, a fucking atomic bomb site, like an Indiana Jones, then falls out of it. And then the rest of the film shade. like, it, <laughs> like, like in Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones uh, <laughs> uh.
2: So yeah, my third one was it was a film that was forced upon me. Oh, it was I was against in, your <laughs> I, w- I was in Switzerland it was a Star Wars on movie. on on a school trip when I was fourteen, I think. And uh, I that day, I I had bought Austin Powers Gold Member on Switzerlandian DVD classic. Oh God! And. I was all. Hey, I hate in, uh? er- everybody fucking wants to watch us here, and everybody did want to watch that air, and they're all, no, no, no we're not watching that air. We're going to watch The Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, the remake. The Guy, remake. One? With Guy Pearson? We, Guy Pearson. Jim Caviezel. Caviezel. Never seen it. Jesus it's and, uh, Christ, I man. I actually really fucking enjoyed it, and uh, what do you call him? Luis Guzman on as well. But, uh... As long you I don't even know what she's called. <laughs> <was it> Louise. Guzman. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, fucking County <laughs> to way. It's a guy. County <laughs> way in fucking <laughs> traffic and stuff. Guzman.
3: No, it's Louis Guzman. Guzman. It's
4: Guzman. Or Luke Guzman. Hey Guzman aye. Hey, mate. Are you, talk- are you talking about Pechanga? What are we t- doing, eh, mate? talking about Benny Blanco? No, that's, no, no, yeah, that's John Leguizamo.
3: Like John Leguizamo. Louise yeah, no, Guzman is Louis like his wee... No, at least this man's like his fucking Carlito's <laughs> right-hand man. Aye, Pachanga. That's a Pachanga aye. You're hey.
2: a Are you just saying, like, old board games or something? Pachanga. and fucking... <laughs> 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 you sunk my battleship. <laughs> Sank, it. Sank a fuck. Aye, he's,
3: he's Jim Caviezel's right-hand man in the series. He's always a right-hand man. Aye, he's... Well, yeah, he's, 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 he's always, got, always he's a, he's a bright a, man. He's got
4: a good old Margaret for it, like, you know. No, uh, uh, yeah.
3: He's got a fucking good old fall Margaret for behind him, but he's anyway, continue. He's been
4: Adam Sandler's right-hand man for a very long time.
3: Has he? No. Is he in Sandler film? films? Really? I can't remember. But, uh, maybe anyway, Maybe not um... Uh
2: Yeah, no, I actually really ended up enjoying the fuck film. I'd, I've never seen the original Count of Monte Cristo. I remember in V for Vendetta, they kept referencing the original one. Like, he watched that a lot in the film. But, uh, yeah, the remake with Guy Pearson, Jim Caviezel, I, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Like, like I was I was 14, and I was ready to watch an Austin Powers comedy, and... You were just all, no, we're going to watch the story of revenge. And I was like, this sounds fucking boring. as fuck. <laughs> also, on that trip this is when I watched uh, Remember the Titans. Oh. So it was, they, they they had That's a great right. taste in movies. Let's add. Strong side. I'm there for you. You, you got to commit there, Mick. No harm, Mick. I did commit. You like, Strong side. And I, mean, what, what was I saying? That's what I felt like, Mick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Continue on. But yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a great film. It's 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 a it's a revenge film, but it's really interesting and something that I'd never really seen before. Like the the plot of it is that Jim Caviezel's kind of put in this French jail, but it's like a really weird jail where they just put people that they don't like, <laughs> yeah. and then he, he ends up breaking out and then he becomes the Count of Monte Cristo and he's taking revenge on the guy that put him away and all. Here in
3: proper order, as I say
2: it's it's really good it's really it's really intriguing and i i i would recommend they everybody like for a while i was like you need to watch kind of monica like it was me at 14 thinking i know shit about films like, like come Monte the best film ever <laughs> tell us i said i was like but uh... <laughs> yeah, it
3: was like the guy that says to me that uh i should watch study Gold. mine study Gold was massive like I mean, like it was it was when we were kind of. I've
2: heard it's good flick. I've never actually watched it. It's actually it's on Netflix as well, but it's uh, it's a Stanton. But
3: I'd say it's a proper. That's ah, a film. That film, yeah, is a, a filmie. Film, like.
2: But it's a strange one. I know my dad keeps on suggesting it for the film club. He keeps on saying me you should show. it not right.
4: amazing I'm, 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 I've been tempted a few times, you know. They, it's a fucking serious show.
3: though. Like. Stanton film, but uh, like I say, it's one of those ones that when I was first starting to get on the films and stuff, like, I that I had this boy come up to me, and he was like about the same age and stuff and he's, he basically talked into me and says that I didn't know anything about films because I hadn't watched Today God, which was a foreign film, even though I had mm-hmm. seen Today God. But you wrap that it's, 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 it's that arrogance thing that, you know, if a film has subtitles, then automatically it's more fucking uh, mm-hmm. praised and and more sort of artistic, For, but it of, is a fucking a film. You
4: fucking
3: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: the, just to go off on a wee subtopic, do, do you not get a sub-title that? subtitle topic? <gasps> a sub- uh, no, uh, that's essentially what it is. They, when you watch a foreign film, like, I don't watch that um, many foreign films, but when I watch a foreign film and I enjoy it,
3: I feel proud of myself. <laughs> I know, I do know what you mean. I think you feel more cultured, and I think that's just a very basic thing. Of, you're watching the film output from an country, and usually it is set in that other country, and you might get, you know, if it's not a genre film, you might get, like, maybe a peek behind the curtain of how that culture works or, you know... How these people talk to each other or, or use language well, the way I think it is sort of culturally enriching. I don't I don't think you should feel bad for feeling that way, like because I, I get that sometimes too. Because it,
2: like it because watching a subtitle film, you fucking whacker. <laughs> No, but watching a subtitle film it, like it you're not always in the mood for a, like a foreign film because it does take more concentration and it does take more effort to watch I tend,
3: like one of my rules is that if i'm really hungry or if i'm having like a bungeet i won't watch a foreign film because <laughs> i'll be constantly looking at the food or chewing like fuck and i don't have enough time to look at the subtitles yeah. so i'll miss a stack of film
2: but I think that's when you when you, folk, when you do actually watch one, it's a solid fucking setup, yeah, like it's Wait, solid like. <laughs> <look. laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> Work that one out over years, like. Yeah. <laughs> but when
2: you do actually watch Sweet one, the then you you, 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 you feel you feel like you've accomplished something because you managed to maintain, <laughs> <laughs> maintain that concentration and that level of effort for two hours. I'm really when, when I see I am I'm I'm fucking shivering.
4: You know what they end up when you're all. Because you know, your eyes have to be perked up, you feel like fucking what do you call them? Uh, Yoda, fucking McDowell and Clockwork Orange Bike, the know, little vehicle technique, and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. i oh, got you know, this whole thing, and then when they end shit, you're all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, I don't like I've ever watched like a bad I feel, I feel form like, film like, because feel, I'm you know, so
4: cheesy with them. Do you know when people say, uh, I feel like, you know, say for example, you went to see, I don't know, I don't know, Iron Man 2, and you said. I feel like someone stole two hours off me and kicked me in the balls. <laughs> when a foreign film is shite, you feel like someone stole four hours off you and kicked you in the balls. <laughs> I think <like> because the <laughs> concentration levels are Aye. up, it you're doesn't like feel worth Like you're properly drained. You're like you're like you're on a drip or something in hospital. You're just like, oh god, <laughs> uh, I don't even want to go out anymore.
3: <laughs> what do you usually watch foreign films before you go out and they're up? I've been do you watch fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, re- Chan. Just The only reason I came up with the topic or it just kind of shined in my head is that the other night I was just flicking Prima. through The other night I was flicking through Netflix and had fucking nothing to watch and it was one of the ones that you ever get that where you flick through Netflix or say Amazon Prime or whatever or like your DVD collection for so long and you just eventually give up hope and you don't have any standards anymore and you think i'm just gonna whack on the first thing that i see there's almost too much choice t- there is too much choice especially <laughs> with netflix so i came across this film and it was called uh, tab hunter confidential and i was like what the fuck is this even about tab hunter now, the only yeah the only thing that pulled me in is that it you know the way like if you if you land on a film on netflix it gives you like maybe three stills of the film I- well It gave me these stalls of, like, basically, like, 1940s and 50s Hollywood. That immediately drew me on because I'm really, really interested in studio system Hollywood and around that time period. And then the synopsis, usually you get about a three-line synopsis on Netflix, was about the actor, Tab Hunter. Tab Hunter was apparently a B-movie actor. And I think, basically, the synopsis just says, Tab Hunter, the B-movie actor, has a story about, kind of, going against the grain in, like, 1950s or studio Hollywood... It's not that but it's sound like that I don't know what I mean. And then from watching it, it is your kind of standard talking heads documentary, which I had fucking no clue what the narrative was gonna be, but it turned out to be fucking really, really interesting. Tab Hunter was a B movie actor. He was seen as like a matt in the idol and like uh America's fucking sweetheart, like he was the blue-eyed boy next door and stuff like that. And he was destined for these massive things. It wasn't the best of actors, but he was you know, it was the fifties, he kinda of got across on his looks and then his acting developed over time. But the whole time, uh, whilst he was being an actor, he was a uh, closeted homosexual. Now, at that point in America, not only was that fucking ridiculously frowned upon, but it was literally illegal. It was illegal to be gay. So, uh, the reason it's called Tab Taphunt- Hunter Confidential is back then, they used to have the old tell-all magazine, Confidential, which mm-hmm. basically was mm-hmm. like a precursor to like your heats and your fucking loaded magazine, the mm-hmm. where it used to get all this... CD gossip and sometimes true stories about like actors of the time and basically just fucking sometimes true stories. <laughs> sometimes true stories. I and just fucking uh, smear them. Just smear their fucking reputation. And Tab Hunter was caught essentially at like a swingers party for gay men. And lucky enough, Jack Warner, who you know the founder and owner of uh, Warner Bros. at the time, covered up the story. But then, as it went on, what happened was it's just a fucking mental insight and the. Like Hollywood politics, the time they used they used to, they used to is, imagine...
2: is this like a drama or is it like a documentary? It's a documentary. Oh,
3: okay. It's and it's actually I think what the most engaging thing about the documentary is that you have like an eighty five year old Tab Hunter. The man does not look eighty five, he's a fucking defiant agent. But he's talking us through his whole oh, career he's still stuff alive. again. Yeah, he's like eighty five or about to turn eighty six or something like that, but he's really, really sharp and articulate and he's just really, really engaging. old, now, old Tab. Old Tab himself. But I mean <laughs> it's it's documentary wise, it's not going to win any awards. I mean, like it basically, is just stock footage talking head, stock footage talking head. But I think that you know, there is a lot to be said that usually documentaries don't have to have this sort of big aesthetic. sponge sometimes that literally just comes down to the actual story that's being told. Mm-hmm. And I think a story is engaging enough and interesting enough just to hold your attention, even if it is basically people just like titnity. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just it's a nice wee peek behind the curtain of how uh, gay men and women were kind of treated or how they kind of got around that at the time because you know there was a lot of gay actors at the time Rock, you know Rock Hudson they actually mentioned Rock Hudson uh, Anthony Perkins yeah. who was yeah, yeah. Norman Bates uh, him and Tab Hunter actually had this really long kind of uh relationship like sexual relationship mm. that's kind of alluded to too. and they do a nice sort of parallel between Tab Hunter who came out eventually and admitted that he was gay but Anthony Perkins never did and it was only found out after he died and kind of had this sham marriage and then eventually died of AIDS that that he was a gay man it's just it, it's it's a really cool insight and I kind of going back to the topic it, it was it was very sort of ingratiating because it was a film that I stepped on. under step, the, thinking I don't know what the fuck is this about I can have this knocked off in 15 minutes and then it held my attention from fucking the first minute like, see it's, it's a
4: thing that actually um, it's I mean we, we, we think it's kind of old hat and all about uh, uh, being gay in Hollywood and stuff like that there um, mm-hmm. but like even like Actors like Brad Davis and stuff yeah. like this here, you know, Manette Express and Charts of Fire and stuff. I mean, I think he was diagnosed with AIDS, and I think he was just ostracized in Hollywood. Like, you yeah. know, he was he was a big campaigner of because I think he always said he was he was bisexual and stuff like that. Mm. But he was a big campaigner about AIDS and things like this here and all, and he was just he's struck off. Yeah, like, you know it's I
3: mean? it's definitely still a problem in Hollywood too because the main argument that everybody goes back then and it's completely true. Name one openly gay leading actor in Hollywood. Ian e. McKellen. Ian McKellen, oh, well, suppose I—he'd be the only. Matt but he's not a leading actor, no, you know. 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 <laughs> Ian McKellen, but well, I'm saying he, he, he like had his, he had his own show. I mean, obviously the rumors have went about for years, and nobody knows for sure about uh, like Kevin Spacey and stuff like that. But I mean, Kevin Spacey is gay. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That don't really Is that he could not be, or anything? Or?
4: No, Kevin Spacey. No, no, Kevin Spacey's not married. There's rumors that Leo's gay too. Like, but there's there's lots of rumors. Like, you know, like oh, there's a lot of big like, actors. But it,
2: but know. is that just? Because they don't have a significant other, they that's, know, but, but there like, you know, was not, oh, he
4: brings his mother to the house, yeah. oh, and I mean, like in a, in, a, in, a, in a, a be, I mean, there's
3: But if if they are so what, like, but like, exactly, it's just like, like, I, I, uh... why? Why is it even a discussion? I, ju- I just, I no but exactly, I just think it's it's a bad sort of outlook on Hollywood still. That. Maybe Barry and McKeon, who's who's an older man, and Ellen is, Page is gonna, but she's not a leading actress. Hey, well, she... she's she a voice actress for Finding Nemo. You know what I mean? She's not like she's not fucking Ellen, the Page. She's oh, not Ellen Page. Ellen Page, Ellen Page, you're just, just oh, an actor, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Ellen Page, Ellen Page, I'm on Oscar. You're a you're a, yeah, she you're one a lesbianist. Does she not, one, she, <laughs> not one, she, nope. one she's she not want Oscar. She's not won an Oscar. Do you know that? No, no, she's probably nominated for an Oscar. Ellen Page, yeah, but I mean even at that, I Judy mean, Foster, and it's what they say, but since she's came she out, came what's, what's Ellen Page Judy done?
4: Julie came out in a big fucking, big bad way that she was gay, but obviously, I mean, she's, uh, but do you,
3: but do you not find that a bad thing that she only then, felt the conference to come out well after, like, her sort of leading okay, years ago? Yeah, no, you know what I mean? Certainly. And um, that's, that's an awful thing, like, that there's still, that's the
2: same with Ellen Page, like, like, she, she came out saying that, like, she, she didn't want to dodge questions of, mm. oh, are you seeing anybody anymore? Like, yeah, and, like, that was well into her career, even though she's still so young. I
3: even remember, and it was so quite interesting, and it just shows, like, the sort of politics. And i no doubt that she was told they say this when Juno first came out, and Ellen Page was fucking everywhere. And there was interviews, and people were saying, well, oh, she's going to be, another the next big actress and stuff like that. I remember reading interviews, and her talking about her boyfriend back in Canada. Now, fair enough, she was probably going through a confusing thing. Maybe she didn't actually know that she was gay at that point. But it's just mad to see her thinking to herself, Has she been? Kind of told they play up this uh, relationship. The so
4: thing is, like, why the fuck is it anybody's
3: business? Exactly, like, exactly. Why you know, is anybody's know, business? It
4: matter, it's your fucking Mac Jagger and Bo used to bang each other and on Exactly. It. Do you know what are I mean? They? I don't not. But, uh, it's, you know. but it's all a st- it's like it's nobody's fucking business. Right? Exactly. You know, you, you watch you watch the piece art whenever it's just it's just this nonsense of being obsessed with these people. That but that's why I read them Are like. just fucking people. Yep, and you know it's, what I mean? that's
3: what I fucking despise is that when you peel behind you it, mean? some people are held back. Because Aye. they like boys instead of girls or vice versa. Okay. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like Heron just said, they're just people. Right. Just let them do the art, let them do the Gen- project, Gen- and move H- on.
4: Into your hole now.
2: Um, Heron. a film that you took a punt on. Um,
4: and not I, the old Irish currency. Okay. Um, no, I figured that one out. Uh, what was it called? it was a film called Felon. Any ever, ever see it? Mm-hmm. No. Sounds like a Steven Seagal straight to DVD job. Like, <laughs> but, um, the Felon. The, the Felon. Just felon, yeah, yeah, just fell Leave out the, the. <laughs> and whatever. And it's I just put away for a crime. I didn't it commit. kind of ah, oh, it's fine, but it's like <laughs> no, I'm saying no, I'm saying it's fine. The title's fine. It's just like fuck me. It's it's you know that that's a wee bit shade. But um, what happens in it? Uh, it's got a, it's a fucking shockingly good cast. It's got Stephen Dorff, who I really like. Who I don't think gets enough work. I think he's a fucking tremendous actor ask said Val Kilmer. Mm. And uh Val doing is, you know, is is Val Kilmer was doing his fair share of shit the last few years now it has to be said. But uh big fucking eight Stone as well. Uh, uh what do you call this guy from he was in the Matrix and he was in Rome Joey and, Pants? Romeo and Juliet. He was Marcushu. No. Oh he was uh he was Marcus. Was no, it no, Joe Put No. Uh, no, he was a Marcushoo. Black typically. He's in uh he was in this. He was in Matrix Reloaded.
3: No idea, but anyway, yeah, yeah. continue on with the you Can get the name, of the guy,
4: because he he's probably the most interesting character on in it. But what I spell is felon? F e l o n.
2: I was I was double L in it.
4: If you if you type in F-E-L-C-H-I-N-G, you get a different film altogether. <laughs> <laughs> uh, felon. Um, it's a guy who is just in his home with his wife and his kid. Somebody breaks in. He fucking kind of goes for them this kind of thing and then they run out and then as a runner out I think he, hit, he hits him in the back of the head with a baseball bat and Gilded. the person dies mm. it's
3: a fucking so he, con air one just
4: so he gets sent to prison and in prison you've got Val Kilmer who is uh, what we like to recall a repeat
2: offender, <laughs> but uh, he's just amazing. Harold Perrineau.
3: Oh, Harald from Perrin. fucking like Lost and all those uh, stuff? He's Lost, no? Oh, yeah, he's fucking right. class. He's fifty-two. Yeah, he's, he's old. Shut though, the man.
4: fuck off. Fifty-two. <laughs> yeah. He's God. a fucking. He's. Uh, Jesus, why well, he's not a fucking superstar is fucking beyond me, man. Yeah. That boy is absolutely on fucking. I,
2: I end up in Romeo and Juliet. He was class in that thing. He's brilliant,
4: That whole thing. A curse on both your houses. And all that garb. But uh no uh he uh Kilmer's about uh, Kilmer's oh he a life. But uh <laughs>
2: Kilmer's a lifer. He just screams a uh, life.
4: <laughs> your man, uh what do you call me Steve Dark Perin oh, oh, Harold Penner Pen- 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 Perinew. Oh, ne- Pff- give me that fucking iPhone there. <laughs> Harold Penner Perinew. That's what I said. No, you said Har- Harold Pellegrino. <laughs> that was No was okay. Uh so right, you got Kilmer, he's a lifer not there, but he, he's a smart man, like yeah. you know and it, it, it's sort of playing that thing that a lot of fucking sociopaths and people that have done extreme crimes are hyper intelligent. Oh yeah. And that's kinda of, a while that I'd strapped on to Val Kilmer uh Stephen Dorf is just kind of this innocent guy, you know, he's never done a fucking thing wrong in his life and all and he's great but what starts to happen in prison is this uh, there's like a ring of fights mm-hmm. you know there's like a betting game and there's like sometimes there's high stakes kind of betting games of just uh, criminals fighting each other mm-hmm. it's like fucking you know it's like cockfighting or something like this here do you know what I mean it's like it turns on into that, you're laughing at cock <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: just cockfighting fighting in the general just kind of came no, up but it everywhere.
4: it's like this Get because because Harapeno's character he's, he's like the the fucking main warden and he can shoot, you know, uh, he can shoot them with, like, like a rubber bullet or the American's equivalent of a rubber bullet. Or he can shoot them with a bullet, a proper bullet. But he's the kind of, almost like the kingpin of this whole cockfighting thing with prisoners. And uh, Stephen Dorff's character, it's this kind of thing where Val Kilmer kind of instructs him of how to get through prison life. Mm. And the whole film is, is, is quite stagey in, in terms of, it's all the morals are, you know... It's three people. They're talking about lots, but it's it's all in a very contained kind of place. You know, I think mm-hmm. Sam Shepherd's on it as well towards the end. I fucking love Sam Shepherd. Love she a Sam, Sam Shepard.
3: Shepard. He's been like you a midnight special. He's in the right stuff. He's in the first series Jesse of James. For, he's in Jesse. Uh, uh, sorry, the Assassin of mm. Robert Ford. He's in uh, Bloodline and stuff. again. He he's just in fucking. He's in uh, Cold in July as well. He's in
4: fucking Days of Heaven. Days and of Heaven. That too. Guy? Yep. Mm. He's, gonna, yeah, and he's also fucking barred from Sandy News. <laughs> that's right, that's right. He's barred from Sandy News. He's a bar from our
3: local fucking dairy bar. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's what you know, I mean. I, I, <laughs> I
2: smell a story here. Yeah, was he, not, story? He, was,
3: he was directing a play in the forum. He's, no, no, no. He, I think he had written a play. He's, in, no, no, Playhouse. Playhouse, Playhouse because uh, one, one other thing about Sam Shepard is that he's just as known for his uh, writing and theatre work you know, as as opposed to this film. He's, he's a very well-rounded sort of artist, but anyway, He's, he's here? 72. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not, uh,
4: uh, i you not know, this whole story,
3: but, uh, I, yeah. he's barred from our local, anyway. He <laughs> was
4: drinking whiskey and act, acting the fucking, you know, he was acting the Elroy, put it that way, <laughs> acting the right-wing gone gay and fucking, fuck you, we're all there and they're all, Guess what, well, Monks? You're barred. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's yeah. what it was. And he was uh, being rowdy and all jazz. And he's a fucking big dude, too, like. Yeah, is he and That's I mean, why he hasn't been back. That's <laughs> why he hasn't been back to the house. He's barred from San Diego.
3: Because uh, uh, he's uh, too busy so he, really really right. with his uh, really successful highway career. Uh, 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 <laughs> right. that's, why, that's why he never
4: really took off. He's barred from San Diego. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anyway um, he plays a very small part it But. Uh, it's 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 a re- it's a really it's a seriously interesting film. It's it's it, it's really annoying that it's not bigger. I, I really think it's because the title, because the title's fucking shit. the title in. is a fucking you know you buy a DVD player with two hundred free films on it. That's gonna be one of them. Felon. Yeah shite. shit. It just Does not like stand out at all. The posters, on out there. No, people probably didn't quite know who Stephen Dorff was. Stephen Dorff's a brilliant actor. He's a he was a, he was a leading somewhere, which was okay. I like somewhere by
3: Sofia Coppola. I I really like that film, and then and he's, he's probably he's best known for Blade. Look. Blade, Blade uh, yeah.
4: but he hasn't quite had it. <laughs> He was in World Trade Center as the, the the first cop that Nicolas Cage sees. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. you know, but he's in. Do you know what? My my favorite. He's cop in. One. Um, he's in the motel life with Emil Harris They they play two brothers on it, and it's based on uh, the novel by Willy Lawton and Willy Faulkner's potentially maybe one of my favorite authors, and. Uh, He's amazing on that, and that's a it's a really nice Sunday, and it's a very hard one they Fucking, you know, unless people tell you about it, you just have to go looking for it. It's a fucking beautiful film. What, but Stephen Dorff is a fucking he's a he's a fucking tremendous actor, and what? he and he can fucking hold a he can hold, he can carry a film. Yeah, but it's just I don't know, there's something about the the populist kind of thing with him. I don't know what it is. He's got the look too. He's got the look. He's, he's kind of rugged, room. and he's sort of you know, and he and he, like, he can fucking act, mm. him, and he's just. He's brave and all his hair. Val Kilmer has a really kind of odd look in it. He, he's sort of... He's, he's
3: big. Does he not have a big handlebar moustache or something? Like he is a facial hair? He is,
4: he's really kind of uh, thick horn-rimmed glasses and he has his hair up on his back and he looks massive. He just look, looks... You know, does he does really have long hair in it? No, it's like, it's like gelled back. It's like no, up and right, gelled he back. and does No, I don't think there's a ponytail. on it, no, but... Uh, the whole film is sort of... I mean, it's that whole thing of, you know... Uh... Nature, like you know, obviously, we're humans, we're part of nature, and this kind of thing. And so, it's, it's like you know, if, you know, like cubism is like a, the square within the square within the square within the square, you know, that's what I'm saying about the the, the prison fights, were essentially the cock fights, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's kind of someone that's sort of using that, but it's um, but it, it shows how I mean, because obviously, it's from the point of view of Stephen Dorff's character, it's showing you know, the actual effect of. Uh, power in another human being and how it affects the people under them who necessarily haven't done anything wrong, or innocent yeah. people. And it's, I, I, I it was just on that just, you know, I can't even remember when I seen it or how I seen it, but it definitely was one I was not expecting and I wouldn't have put on unless somebody put it on. And it's a, it's a very, very good show. Yeah. It?
3: And so to summarize the topic, it just goes to show that sometimes it's worth taking a punt on something that you know absolutely nothing about now. I'm not going to lie maybe 9 times out of 10 it might blow back in your fist but it's, sometimes you might get a wee It's
2: it's high risk high reward ah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> perfect yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> I used to take a of actors or directors I think we all
4: can do it yeah. yeah that's fairly safe <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah, <really. laughs> George Lucas like, plays up <laughs> okay we shall
2: move on to recommendations I'll kick off my First, go on. Why? Give
4: another, give another go at that. There, my, guess if I go walking, I'll go on my first. So this is My cave and work
3: working that there. Nice. He's, he's been working them bottles all night. To yeah, you <laughs> know, I,
4: know, know that, that I two hours when Jill doesn't come home from work, and he's finished there. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You
2: know, much. I I just like to recommend first. That's
3: that's not so bad. It's not so bad.
2: I was uh at a walk. It can be, it, it can be Flux worked third? on, but it's not
3: bad. Oh, well,
2: I well, like it. Would you say walking in the right direction? Cantagena, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, in, on another, you right fucking monkey you bastard! My recommendation is dazed and confused, oh. which is what I'm like most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we showed it last week at the Benning's Film Club. If anybody wants to come, Benning's Bar. We show a film every week, Wednesday. Come, it's great crack. Boom. Free pizza popcorn. It's class. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Days and V's. I would seen I'd seen it years ago and I remember enjoying it, but didn't actually remember much about the film. But we we shoot it at the the Benigans Film Club just there last week and it's just it's really just it's really fucking funny, but it just really you really connected and I think it's yeah. it's something we we said on... I'm not sure if it's Shannon or Heron said it on the podcast before, but I think we were talking just about, like, American teen comedies before, and someone said, like, it makes you nostalgic for a time that you didn't actually have. That was I. That was Shan. <laughs> <laughs> Shan straight on there doesn't give a fuck that's if it's... a good point, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Straightening his mustache there, That was <laughs> I. That was I, but uh yeah, smoggy fucking bear. <laughs> because it, it's it's set it's, it's, been, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard being this goddamn intelligent. It's hard known this much. I tell you, I tell you, goddamn. But, the
3: weight of the world on my shoulders, baby. <laughs> but it's
2: it's set in the seventies, and it's an American high school, and they're just breaking for summer and stuff. And obviously, none of us has experienced any of those things. But mm. that's the seventies, yeah,
4: seventies,
3: yeah, seventies
2: but uh but the the thing that i think is the strongest thing about it is that even though it's it's set in the 70s and it's it's a very of its time and very of its place in america but you still connect and understand interactions between the people because kind of when when you're that age and when you're that young Kind of those dynamics just always happen, and it's just, yeah, it I think, what yeah, you're from. Uh, I, th- I, th- th- I think doesn't it doesn't matter sh- what
3: generation you're from or where, or where you're from. Shows whose interactions are timeless, like, they're yeah. always going to be the same. Fair enough, the bands and like the, the films that you might be on there, the clothes might change, but that sort of bond is always going to be the same. But just e- e- even just
2: the, the wee glances that like get to laugh and stuff, I mean. Like, the, the stoner guy asked asked the young kids like are oh, you cool man so like what do you mean he's <laughs> like <No>. okay <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> everybody understands what that is even though you probably haven't that's, grew that's up with that getting like
4: yeah. it's the, the man is he's I mean he might not spend all his time working on all these intricate plot details and and all all these kind of devices and all because it's just it just doesn't want they Yeah, that's he's got. I, mean. he, but I think. It, it, he's not a divisive director. Yeah. He's pure character. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he might work on divisive films and he has to work to a device, but the man's character work is fucking yeah. absolutely astounding. That whole film is pure character. Nothing
2: really happens. In that yeah, film. that's what I was going to say. Nothing Fuck really happens. Like, like, like the whole film just feels like it ebbs and flows. Like, it just it just kind of goes with what what the characters are doing then yeah, it just wh-
3: en- ends up in a place. What I like, absolutely love it, like? is like song that heron was just saying there is that Linklater's the master for, and he's done it with Boyhood, and he's even kind of done it with obviously the Midnight trilogy. He is the master of not only observation but just slice of life. I mean, very... There's a, quite a few Linklater films that actually have a cohesive plot that you can carry on with. It is more just about people loving their lives. And I mean, like even the fact in Days of Confuse that there is yeah, really... Believing. I'm like, but I just keep loving. It. It's like Paul London is, you know, Bonnie years the main character in that film, but he's not really the focus. What happens? He drives about, gets blocked, and uh, there's a sorta character out there behind that one they sign the sheet and continue on my, you know uh, football the next year. Yeah. But that is as tenuous a narrative as you're gonna get in that film. It is just about kinda observing youth like culture and just you know kind of how it is a timeless thing and it's just showing these people not knowing what they want to do with their future and everybody said that i have that fucking no i don't know what i want to do still fucking <laughs> 27 you know it, it's, I mean? it's a
2: complete universal feeling yeah. and it, it shows a lot of, because you have you have the the people that are just graduating that might be going on to college and stuff or whatever and then people that might be the the what do you call it the the like main football players what do you call it like I, the but the a, diversity, diversity. Right. and then the you have vers- someone like
3: Makani who, who's who's passed hey, he, he's, he's, he's passed stuck. that
2: but still trying to relive the old days and then you have the freshmen that are just coming into this world yeah. and stuff like, like it, it it comes at it from a bunch of different angles and a bunch of different ages So, but everybody can connect with everything that's happening I think that's the strength of films. it's just like there's there's something that you've experienced in there yeah
4: uh, but what about comes I mean I mean there, there's very obvious parameters set out at the start about age and it's just age age becomes a, or it starts off as a
3: sort of thing becomes a definition really at the very start like, at the
4: very very start and then it actually it becomes a thing that actually fizzles out the most in it and that yeah. age doesn't really matter because there's two people from different sort of uh, things that get in a that go each other mm-hmm. you know there's and that happens even with the main character yeah. and then there's McConaughey's character is still hanging around with those guys and all that there and it's just it's not really about age anymore it's about it's about what you want and who you want to be and I think that that, as much as McConaughey's not in it quite as much Mm -hmm. his character is kind of the lesson of I mean people might say he's a fucking waste or whatever but I think think he he is sort of the the tentpole
3: of the film yeah and I think that towards the end especially there's that we speech he does on the football field and uh, sorry if it's a spoiler but it's that line that he gives all these people who are about to come into his world, you know, the people who are about to graduate and not be in high school anymore and have to make choices about what they want to do. And he's saying, don't sign that paper because it's just an R rule and they're going to keep piling the rules on as you get older. I think the problem is just, like Herman saying it's not about, it starts off with a definition of age groups, you know, be it from, you know, 16 to 18 or whatever, and then that fuzzles out and it just becomes really about the experience of being young and just kind of going off and creating your own life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or what you want to do. It's And it's so, considering there's so many characters in that film and they all get lumbered at screen time, the fact that he achieves that and you can identify only what age groups they are and see that progress throughout the film is incredible. And it's really fucking funny. And it's got an amazing soundtrack.
2: <laughs> it has that amazing soundtrack. Yeah. And, you know, I, Shan said, like, there's so many characters in that and you feel like you get enough from each one. Like, you're never really left
3: wanting. And it's only and 40 minutes. So they be able to pack all that in is exceptional. And
2: mm. it's really fucking funny. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I the line that killed
2: me the other night was when the the freshman gets under the car with Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey's character, and he just says, him, like, you got a joint, man? Hey, man, you got a joint? No, be like cooler if you did."
3: <laughs> <laughs> that got the biggest laugh of the night. That definitely got Remember the biggest laugh of the night. That was. Fucking hilarious! Making I think Except, actually, I, the, the,
4: the, the uh, one that me you laughed at as well was just all he's all, hey man, he's all he's all, hey man, you wanna go for a game pinball? And he's just all he's all, yeah, he's all, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, if, pe- if people
2: haven't seen this man. film, <laughs> that's where <laughs> oh, the whole alright, alright, alright thing comes from Matthew uh, McConaughey. It was his first film and he was all right, alright, alright. And, and I like, just followed
3: him. Uh, like, later <laughs> there was even said himself where he,
4: that, where, he says, where he got it from. It's nice. And it was, I don't think it was in the script, but I actually got it from...
3: It was so on the main. You watched we, me and Heron blocked out my shed one morning about 6 o'clock. Watched Classic. Matthew, Classic. Me and Heron watched uh, wow. Matthew, uh, Matthew McConaughey's on side the Actress Studio and he does go on there like an anecdote about how he got that and it was on the set of Days of Confused but I can't even remember what it was oddly enough too uh, Wooderson's character was supposed to be even smaller than what it actually has in the film but Linklater liked McHoney so much he wrote more for him just to mm. kind of fucking throw him on these certain scenes he's but yeah he's a cracker heron like. call him what herrin'. was that
4: recommend recommendation recommendation you got a recommend this man has everybody done one?
3: no well, I haven't <laughs> done mine. maybe I'm gonna go first right go <laughs> Uh, my recommendation is The Witch it was released at the end of last year Uh, very quickly crack and film it's set in like the I think it's like the 1740s or something like that it's just after like America's been inhabited after Columbus discovered it and I think it's uh, in a pasture outside New England you don't actually see what's happened but this small like ridiculously I think they're a Lutheran but they're like an extremely religious family has been outcast from this sort of religious sect and they're kind of outcast to ...the edge of these woods... ...they live completely alone... ...the whole film is just... uh, ...that family... ...and... Essentially, when it was being promoted in the media and stuff, I like guess promoted as being like all oh, the scariest film of all time, and you know which it always is. And I think I I, I think a lot of people were thinking it was gonna be jump scares, you know, kind of shock taxis and stuff like that. And that's what I can assume. Going to watch it, and it was actually my ma who went to see it, and she never goes to cinema. She she loves horror films. Though, yeah, usually. but she loves horror films, but she loves your kind of standard, you know, jump scare horror films and stuff like that. Psychological horror just passes her. She's just not on it and she texts me the next day and have you seen that watch its fucking shit. Uh, there was nothing happened on a lot of stuff Forget. Like get and I was all. You're all. This is a fucking gem there? No, no, no but I. But then, uh, no, I'd seen Loretta and I was all city. to be honest I loved it. And she was all fucking topical. off you. Like, Background brown that fucking tubby. See, that's say
4: nothing happens. I'm going, I'm watching
3: that there. Aye, exactly.
4: And uh, I'll, I'll guarantee you stacks happens <laughs> But you're just too stupid. <laughs> and ADD. <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> and fucking shite. They fucking appreciate it, you wanker. You call you my know, ma- fucking Not you. You call my ass ma- humble. No, that's a different generation. That's a, <laughs> I, See, that's I, exactly <laughs> that, that's acceptable see people our right, just say it there I want to fucking glass them
3: <laughs> it's, it's built up obviously What well, was built up in, in the sort of promotional material like I said already to be this sort of you know uh, very scary like a sort of standard uh, supernatural jump scare horror and then it is massively psychological not how much does happen with the characters but it's all what's playing on your mind and I think it's just really nicely built and it's got a really really nice sort of a cult ending too that has played a lot more subtly than what it would usually be played and I mean like, I, f- I think the film is just a masterclass in subtlety in general and the director's Robert Eggers it's his first feature and I think that it, it shows that there's definitely a lot of talent there what's your what's your recommendation
4: I, w- I, w- I was going to recommend Big Wednesday but uh, uh, I don't think I know enough about it <laughs> 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 nah fucking I recommend Back Wednesday. Um, Big Wednesday Big Wednesday yeah. Big Wednesday have you ever seen it Mike? I have not. Do you have a phone with internet? Just to confirm. Because there's a couple of facts here that I know near enough what they are, but I'm trying to make sure of them. Um, right, so Big Wednesday was written by John Milius, who wrote... That's a fact. It was also
2: directed by John Milius.
0: Oh,
4: nice one.
2: No, I knew that. What do you call it? (laughs) Well, you you didn't say it. like. didn't say it, but uh, what do you call it? The lives of some California surfers from the early 60s to the 70s. Hmm. It's actually not called Big Wednesday either. It is called Big Wednesday. It's called Small Tuesday. <laughs> all
4: right. But all right. Well, how magic would it be in the film club if we shoot Big Wednesday on a Wednesday? Big class.
2: Yeah, uh, well, we need to move it to
3: Wednesday. What? <laughs> <laughs>
4: anyway, continue here. So there's Gary Boosie, there's Airwolf, and then who's the other? main character. <laughs> Airwolf. Airwolf, <son> of... <laughs> He's
2: Airwolf? the fucking main character from Airwolf. William Cat. Kind of looks like George Bronson. Jan Michael... Vincent, do you yeah. know who Charles Bronson is? Is your mind polluted by
4: Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> the boy from Airwolf, William Kett. Boy from, show me a picture. <laughs> no.
2: Show me a <laughs> <my> fucking picture. <laughs> no, because his credits day. aren't saying
1: Airwolf.
2: <laughs> uh, no Airwolf. Okay, uh, Jan, Jan, Michael Vincent. There you go. Show us that. That's Beg, Airwolf himself. Big, right. big shirtless, wrong the Bojack shirtless. Horseman,
3: done a very obscure. Uh, Whole episode reference they recently, Jean michel Vincent. Continue. Wow. Nice one. Bojack Horseman done a very obscure full episode reference the the actor uh, Jean Michael Vincent in the last series. Oh, really? Yeah. They watched it. So, I haven't watched
4: the second the series. The G- the give first. me the name of the order there.
2: Uh, William Cat. William Cat.
4: Alright. He's a crazy cat. He was fucking cat. Anyway. Uh, so, let's see. Could, right. Mullius himself. Was a big surfer and this kind of stuff and all, and uh, he, I mean, he kind of got famous through writing uh, just different scripts in Hollywood. I think probably his most famous. Uh, it's not necessarily a credit because people don't know he necessarily done it unless they read the credits. But in Jaws, when uh, Robert Shaw you know about
3: the Quant speech
4: talks about the Indianapolis, but has
3: that ever been confirmed? Because like there's no, about, it's a hundred percent. But there's about ten that from people who claim that they wrote that speech, the Indianapolis speech. We I else? know, that, I know that I know that most people say Malleus, but I've, I was never no, wait, quite wait, sure if it was probably confirmed. You call the
2: actor that says it,
3: like Robert Shaw, says that he ruled himself. Aye, that's what
2: I was
4: going to say. You... No, well, see, there's a big uh, argument around
3: it because no. it is one of the best sort of soliloquies in film. I know, I mean,
4: but it was this thing. Where, well, this is the story. I want, uh, I, I want to. Uh, Say it's true <laughs> 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 but uh, what do you want don't shit on it was that it, it was like a throwaway line about he was only the Indianapolis right yeah Spielberg wanted this wee vignette about the Indianapolis because he thought it sort of metaphored what was happening with yeah. Jaws and this kind of thing and so on so he wanted a bit of real context yeah. and uh, he thought that your man didn't have it the character didn't have it just yet and so he sent a uh, script to Milius and he says, there's this moment here. Why don't you talk about Indianapolis? And Indianapolis was a ship that uh, was torpedoed and sank. It's a World War II ship, uh, American ship. And I think something like 40% of the people that went on the ocean were eaten to death by sharks. Yeah, And it's a very serious case. But this is how it goes. This is how the story goes. Is that Milius sent Spielberg like fucking you know six pages or something of, of this speech robert shaw really liked it and this kind of stuff but robert shaw you know they all kind of agreed that right it's fucking six pages like mm. you know we can't and so whatever was cut down and whatever was kind of created from that i uh, would maybe i concede and agree that robert shaw is is right now i kinda uh, i aye, probably i made it from that but molded mm. M- M- it from the clay that made uh, it yeah, yeah yeah. all yeah. So, you know get us some clay to make some bricks you know what i'm saying <laughs> but uh and I, I would concede to maybe he'd he, he done that, but that's always seen as that's a malaise thing. It's a very yeah. alpha male kind of, you know. Yeah, because he rural, was like very you know.
3: like a right one gun toting sort of guy. I, I mean, he wasn't far from Hunter S. He's like. he,
4: strangely he, he's very tossed He wasn't not, a Hunter S. wasn't right. He, 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 he wasn't. Kind I of past I've always found those was, people. He was right him. in ways, but I mean, he was gun toting as in. I think he was one of these people that sort of liked for their crack and for his own fun they take the constitution. Uh, day its nth degree yeah,
3: I know that in Easy Razor and Raging Bulls like a comparison is always made between malaise and Trader. like they had very kind of similar personalities because they were and they sort of left the sort of 70s movements you know like Aye. kind of you know like the, the, the sort of homosexual culture that had moved in the 70s but emerge in the seventies, but then also they were really on they fucking you know the right they bear arms and like kind of you know uh, fighting and stuff like that. It's they, they had very strange. Who sort doesn't of want to own bare arms? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, go ahead. But big
4: Wednesday because he was big in his surfing and this kind of thing and you know, all. And I mean, it's he he was kind of the alpha male writer as, as what you said there earlier. But this was kind of his film, and yeah. I think the three films that they swapped on were their films. Do you yep. know what I mean? And um this is because he's big and he's surfing and, he and he was a big californian kind of surfer guy and this kind of thing and uh it's a thing of i always like films where you like write what you know about and mm-hmm. he knew about that he knew about the whole word of that but then he he liked writing about these you know collisions of war you know like he wrote according to the barbarian he wrote apocalypse now you yep. know he's he, he knew about the nam war and this kind of thing and so on big wednesday the draft comes and this kind of thing and that's a they're like, what the fuck and all? Is this like this is like our endless summer? But I mean, it, it kind of, it's almost like a metaphor. It's a metaphor of growing up, but it's a metaphor of we can't just live in this wee bubble of surfing in California, yep. you know what I mean? And then, uh, I think a couple of them try to get out of it. I'll not say who, but a couple of them try to get out, of it and a couple of them do get out of it by you know, like it's it's a, some it's quite funny. Some of them pretend they're Nazis and all this kind of stuff, and then a couple of them just for. Uh, you know, for whatever other reason they do get out of it, but there's one character that doesn't even try to get out of it, and he ends up going off to Namor and it's you know when that character comes back and when the whole when you start to see the real, the real sense of what the film's trying to say, like it really, it really comes on its own. Like it, 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 it's a it's a really good film. I remember I watched it because Mimi and my brother just thought Gary Bussy was fucking class. <laughs> I remember because Mimi and my brother, like you know, aside from remember the Titans stuff, me and stuff, Mimi and brother's films were like Point Break, and the whole reason that Gary Bussy you know, talks, you know, the, the, there's a reference in Point Break about uh, like about surfing. He's all like, how hard can it be and all because he was in Big Wednesday and he was a big surfer. That was Sorry, sort of the, self-referential. You know, that's I? the joke, like, and that's the that's the only reason we decided to watch Big Wednesday, and then. Obviously, when I got older and knew more about film, and knew about John Milius and this kind of stuff, and, I wouldn't say uh, it's
3: a very important film, but it's definitely a film that is well known because John Milius was seen, I think, out of that new Hollywood cinema as being the one who was majorly talented but never quite made it as a director. him and Schrader, like, I mean, I know Schrader had like American Jagaloo or sorry, not American Jagaloo Blue Collar, and it never really took off from. Mm. But Milius seems like I think that's the only film he ever directed. Milius, I like, think he tried his hand at that, and then it completely fucking bombed, and mm. he done nothing after that. Direct them Aye. ways, anyway.
4: Aye. Just go back to the menu, is the reason I recommend it, Big Wednesday. There's a lot of writers like Miles, and really good, strong writers, right? I'll wrap this up quickly, but that know how to write good story, and know how to write good dialogue, and know how to write good subtext and past, and give your character a bit of sand and a bit of fucking dimension. And I think it's the first and only kind of time he gets the whole, you know, Piece of art they do that on as big Wednesday, and I think for that I actually think the first first time I seen it, it was sixteen, and I wasn't big on the films and screenplays and things like this here, but you know, recently I was just like, fuck me, this is a seriously forgotten piece of work. Like, yeah, it, it's a serious, it's a serious film, like, and uh, I just think that uh, it, it's not, um, it's like it's like an unadulterated uh piece of writing and directing and I think I don't know. I think it's a wee bit lost these days. Yeah. I I think it's important to watch that one because it's not a Star Wars even at the same time. It's not an Indiana Jones, it's not whatever. It's Mm -hmm. just it's malicious, it's writing, it's simple stories and it's Nam and it's whatever. And I just that's that's what I like it.
2: Yeah. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to let us know Fuck that one up. (laughs) If you want to let us know what films you took a punt on, you know, Netflix, Amazon, whatever. You know, if you just bought a film because it had a hot check on the cover, nobody gonna judge you. Don't worry, baby. Nobody gonna judge you. (laughs) Be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) Be a lot cooler if you did, motherfucker. You can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Movies at gmail.com. You can also uh, you can also leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, Acast, you know, whatever whatever podcast service you're listening to. to. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Sean Coyle has been Sean Coyle.
3: Yeah.
2: Tom Heron has been the guy.
1: Mm-hmm
2: episode seven, baby oh you got right this week huh? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening goodbye what is that from I cause you last week you to dude motherfucker last week and I knew I knew it from somewhere I didn't but
4: not fucking g- the do nothing motherfucker.
2: It's from the hangover? It does. Who, 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 who hangs
4: over? He's young when he's fucking zapping up the window and he's all toodaloo motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lovely
1: stuff.
4: It's a fine scene. Cut.